Hello and welcome back to the Super Junior Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Green. Thank you for checking back in. Today I'm going to be joined by none other than my brother. Give a round of applause for him, Andre. Thank you for coming back. Say hello to the people, Andre. Hey, yo, what's going on, people? Great being back here on the Super Junior Podcast. Uh, what's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Just chilling. Trying to focus on school. Trying to get out of school. Trying to look for a job. You know, this is regular stuff. But I'm ready to get to these sports, though. How about you? How you doing? Yeah, I can't play myself. Uh, same shit, different day. But, you know, in the sports world, how there's always something going on. And uh, this week was no different. Very true. Very true. We got a lot to get to in this episode 12 of the Super Junior Podcast. We got to talk about LeBron James. You know, him and the Lakers got more drama going on. And he got another individual accomplishment, getting the fourth place on the all-time scoring list in the NBA. So we're going to talk about that. We also got to talk about the Rockets. And they look like they could be a possible team going forward. I know Andre, he thinks they're not too good. But we're going to talk about the Rockets. Then we're also going to get into the NFL Free agency is about to kick off March 13th. The new league year is about to start as well. So we got to talk about that. Some moves ready being made. Then we got to get into Antonio Brown, you know. Antonio Brown's always up to something. He was supposed to get traded on Friday. It looked like he was about to go to the Bills. But you know he already did. He said hell no to them Bills. Uh, yeah. And then we also got to get into Kyler Murray, all the drama going on with him. Is he going to go number one to the Cardinals? You know, they already talking bad about him. We're going to talk about that in this episode. And then we also got to get into some baseball. Baseball is about to be coming around the corner. We got to talk about some topics. I know baseball is not the most fun sport to watch in person, on TV, or anything. But we got to talk about it. It's baseball season by Yankees. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. And I want my team to win this year, so I got to talk about them. We lost last year. It was very disappointing, but this year is going to be a different story. So watch out for the Yankees and watch out for this baseball talk that we're about to have later on in the show. And at the end of the episode, when we're done with all our sports topics, don't forget to stick around and listen to our final segment. It's called Speak On It, where we talk about topics outside of sports world that I found interesting and I've wanted to share with you at the end of the week so this week we're going to be talking about r kelly and his morning interview he did with gail king on cbs news then we're also going to talk about michael jackson and his documentary that was done by hbo and we're also going to get into wendy williams don't judge me i know wendy williams why are you listening to wendy but i don't look at wendy for the final time i don't look at it i just watch it from time to time Negro, please. Don't judge me. Like I told you guys last week, life is about the yin and the yang, ratchetness and righteousness. And Wendy Williams falls on the ratchetness side. And I have to have my little ratchet that goes with um, love and hip hop and also lacking crew. You know, everyone has their little ratchet shows. Some of you guys like watching Kim Kardashian. Some of you guys like watching Hoarders. Who cares? We all have our guilty vices. And we're also going to talk about Popeyes too. They did some egregious stuff again. But we're going to talk about all that later. But first, we're going to get into these topics. And we're going to start out with basketball.
let's get started with the NBA. LeBron James, he passes Michael Jordan for fourth all-time on the NBA scoring list. Woohoo! LeBron James. And also the Lakers suck. They're not going to make the playoffs. They look terrible. LeBron James looked terrible for most of the second half of the year after the All-Star break. Andre, what say you about LeBron James passing Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list? Passing Michael Jordan? Um... Yeah, I guess you could clap it up for LeBron. Give you a applause. Oh well, yeah, I, I'll be the first to clap it up. Even the people in um, Staples Center, damn sure, wasn't clapping it up for LeBron James. Uh, nope. But I'll clap it up for him. It's a, it's a, it's a big achievement. Shows his longevity. Is him not being a, a, a score first player. Even more impressive. I have to give him a shout out for that. Him being passed first and all that. And him being top 10 on both scoring and assist. Very impressive. Extremely impressive. Uh, when it's all said and done, LeBron James will have a whole bunch of counting numbers that's obscene. Nobody's ever going to see him again. Now, with all that said and done, he decided to bring his behind to the Lakers. He thought he was going to come to the Western Conference. And he was going to do what he did in the Eastern Conference. And he got a rude awakening. I'm trying to think. When did it actually all... Did he see in his mind that they wasn't going to win? Did he call it quits after they didn't get... AD trade didn't go through? Or did yes. he... <laughs> or did he say, you know what? I'm going to try to ban these... Uh, these young kids together, and the young cooks just didn't want to ride with him at that time. Because no. truth be told, LeBron James does this, does this all the time. It's not a new phenomenon with LeBron James. When he feels that he can't win something, he pretty much will throw packs everybody else under the bus. Say that again? He packs it in. He quits. Oh, oh yeah. I think he quits. He said, I need, he, needs, he needs the perfect situation for him he just he can't everybody loses everybody can't win but which is understandable the great some of the greatest of greats have lost jordan has lost kobe's lost uh bird magic isaiah i could go on and on but i don't i never got the sense from them that they was like oh since i can't get such and such trade then i'm gonna call it quits and not and, and just get my numbers and go with my business with LeBron exactly, James and other, exactly what he does right and on yeah. on but in this case because usually every t- especially with more so with Cleveland than with Miami Cleveland will give him everything he asks for everything you want this type of player they get it for him you want this player gone you want this coach gone done in Miami, they really didn't do that because Pat Riley ran the show and Pat Riley wasn't having that. But you do what we give you, which is understandable. But he come out to LA, they didn't treat him the same way they treat him in Cleveland. They couldn't get nope. the deal done that he expected to get done. And now he's I think he's come to terms with it that they're not making they're not gonna make the playoffs. Um there's literally no chance at this point. I think they're like six and a half. Uh, back right now of the eighth spot, yeah. so it's pretty much a wash. 
Now they talk about putting him on a minutes restriction. Now, who's to say is he actually going to follow that minutes restriction or not? Because um, I think Luke Walton really has lost the locker room. Um, there's already reports out there talking about he's going to be fired after this season, which yep. um, Steven Jackson, uh, Captain Jack, or Action Jackson, um, about that Action Jackson, as I think his name is now, um, he said this, like, the fact that Michael Beasley, the, per- the person at the end of the bench, could come and go at the head coach with no repercussions or what may have you, shows that he's lost the team because basically normally the end of the bench player doesn't ever come at the head coach like that that means there's a culture in there that makes it acceptable acceptable to do something like that lonzo checked out i think he he took he took this ankle injury and said you know what i'm done for the season i don't like luke walton anyway and then quit. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say he quit. He the whole have team a, quit. Have, come, come on. Does Andre. have a legit this whole team quit? I would. I wouldn't say they quit on him. They whole team quit, yo. Brandon Ingram's why, why, not coming back. Quit? He quit. Why? Brandon Ingram's not coming back. He quit. <laughs> Kuzma. They said these injuries are this little smoke screens for the for the basic fact that they quit. The whole team quit. LeBron James quit on them, and then he decided. They all said, you know what? Fuck LeBron. Quit. LA is quitting on him too. You know why they all quitting on him? Because LeBron is not. I don't think you're applying yourself, Smokey. He's not applying himself. LeBron is not applying himself. He's just not. He hasn't applied himself since the before the injury. Like before the injury, he was applying himself. I saw like a little flashes of like, oh, that's the old LeBron James. But how many times this year you saw the old LeBron James that could take over? a game and actually will his team to wins. That's time I saw that was last year in the playoffs. That's the LeBron James that the Lakers thought they were going to get, the LeBron James we saw in the playoffs that carried that Cavalier team to the finals. But short of that, this Lakers team is just the same team we saw last year. And they have a Hall of Famer in LeBron James on that team, and they haven't done anything this whole year. And you know what? I applaud the, the Lakers fans for not cheering harder for LeBron James and that and this little accomplishment he has. Don't get me wrong. It's a great accomplishment. He's a great player. But the fact that they didn't cheer is great on them. Because I'm like, you know what? They right. They, sh- they shouldn't have to cheer for LeBron James and his his solo accomplishment. That's what he came for. He come, He's coming here for his solo accomplishments. He just wants to ride out in glory. And then he's going to be maybe the leading scorer all time in the NBA. If he does that, that's great. But for Lakers fans, they're not going to care about that crap. Only he cares about that crap. Lakers fans want championships. They don't want these little, these single awards. Come on, man. All LeBron James cares about is himself. This minutes restriction, nigga, just sit out the rest of the year. They don't need you. You can't do that. Don't do that. Sit out the rest of the year. You don't do that. You No real, legit, all-time great has ever done that. Not to my knowledge. But I do give you, that's the sentiment going on in Laker Nation. He's not, he didn't, that's what, that's what I thought from day one, truth be told, is he's not coming to be a Laker, he's coming to be Hollywood. And that's what I think the general consensus is amongst real Laker fans. Not Laker fans that are Laker fans because LeBron's on the team now, and they just want to 
uh, quote unquote, dick ride LeBron James and say how great he is, as they call, as uh, Skip Bills calls them, uh, blind witnesses. Not those fans. I'm talking about legit Lakers fans. They know what time it is. And if he were to, there's no way he would be able to let down sitting out the whole, the whole rest of the season. Yes, because he might as well. Because the team it, lost. It don't matter. It don't matter if you lose. If you're losing, you go down. Because you was there when they was winning uh, in the beginning. Because the, the biggest difference in what happened in this season, I think, it wasn't the injury. I guess, no, the injury was a, was a big part. But I think the bigger part was after the injury, he came back. The, the team, prior to the injury, they were all in. Oh, I'm playing with LeBron. The king is here to help us. We're all going to come up. We're going to make the playoffs, and we're going to be large. Then he gets hurt. And they're actually, they're actually playing good. Lonzo's playing good. Kuzma, Ingram. I still was a little off on Ingram. But as a whole, it was playing good defense. Yeah. It was playing solid offense. He gets hurt. 18, 16, 18 games, something like that. He comes back. Mind you, all at the same time, all... The Anthony Davis noise was coming out. Uh, it's leaks everywhere. Oh, he got to go. They got to get rid of the whole starting lineup and get Anthony Davis. Then they, the trade doesn't happen. So usually the trade happens for LeBron James, right? Whenever he actually trade to be done, he, it gets done. It didn't get done this time. He never had to deal with Imagine last year if they had tried to trade all those people they traded last year in Cleveland and it didn't happen. They were in the made the finals last year. I, I guarantee you, because they, they were going downhill fast. True. But they made all those trades, and boom, they got people that, that wanted to buy in and would be willing to accept the foolishness that comes along with playing with LeBron James. Did you hear uh, the story? Did you hear the story? This nigga's walking around the arena with wine. This, this man, LeBron James, is ridiculous. I can't. I can't. LeBron James is funny. It's funny to me because, first off, you're supposed to be leader of this team. Attitude reflect leadership, captain. You're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be everything for this team. He has to be. He hasn't lived up to what he was supposed to be in in LA. He thought by giving people pizza before he came, everyone would love him, and he'll like everyone will join on his side, and he'll be the king of LA. No, nigga. Homie, don't play that. You are not the king of LA until you win something. Until you win something, that's when you get a loud applause from everybody and all this other stuff. Then you can go ahead and go do all that music, go do all the movies and TV shows you want after you win something. You can't do that stuff before you do anything in LA and think you're gonna get an applause from the crowd like you did something. Negro, please. You haven't done nothing, absolutely nothing for this team. Nothing. They're the same team that we saw last year. And they got lots. I've been said that they they, they of what two games ahead of the pace they were last year or behind the pace what may have you the, the, the end of the day they the same goddamn team he, he didn't make them no better no worse that's and what I'm saying told, the fact the reason they fell off is because of defense they were willing to cover up his him not wanting to play defense during the regular season because they believed he believed in them and they was ready they ready to ride with him. When they figured out that he wasn't really riding with them, he wasn't really down with them, that he'll get rid of them in a drop of a dime, they're like, oh, word? That's how you feel, my nigga? Forget you then. So we gonna, we, just like you doing for you, we're going to do for us. That's why you see the uptick 
in offense from Brandon Ingram or the uptick in offense from Kyle Kuzma because instead of them wasting energy, not wasting energy, but using more of the energy on defense to help cover up LeBron James deficiencies, they're not doing that no more. I.e., when Kuzma had to literally shove <laughs> LeBron onto his uh, onto his man, like play <laughs> in defense. Like, come on! Like that play was embarrassing. I just thought them realizing, like, you know what? When we need to win these games, I would get playoff LeBron because he wasn't. But why not? I understand they don't want to follow the same mistakes uh, with Kobe. That year, remember Kobe had Steve Nash who stole all that money from the Lakers. Dwight Howard bum ass, and Paul Gasol who was disgruntled because this motherfucker. Dan Tony trying to make him a bench player, a stretch forward that wasn't his game. Lamar Odom was upset because he was in trade talks and he was never the same after that. And he was a vet that won chips with the Lakers and he, his head got messed up. So what you think these young kids are going to think that only been in the league one year, two years? And LeBron James trying to kick him, try to kick it with them in their face like, oh yeah, you my guys, you my guys, you my brothers, pick each other up. And then the same breath, you're trying to get rid of all of them. That's why. Wow, that's why would they get back after that? And that's, that's exactly why. why. And that's what the major part. Not the offense. It's not that they can't score. They can put up numbers. They don't defend nobody. That goes back nobody. to Lonzo, though. That goes back to Lonzo because Lonzo, Lonzo Ball was their best defender. Yeah. So that's what I think happened. Lonzo was their best defender. I don't. I don't just blame LeBron. I blame everybody. Everybody. What do you think about Rondo sitting basically with the fans instead of on the bench with his teammates? Truth be told, it's a little much. But <laughs> that's what you get with Rondo. That's what that's the type of player Rondo is. So you sign up on Rondo, you knew what type of player he Rondo is the type of player similar to LeBron. When everything's going good, Rondo will ball for you. He will give you his all. When shit's not going right. He want to bail on you. Like, oh, I'm, I'm too good for this. And I, I, we should be doing better. And it's, it's, I'm, I don't want to be bothered with this anymore. It happened in Sacramento. Happened in Dallas. So on and so forth. Happened in, in Boston. Well, so, he comes up he comes up in playoff time. That's what him and that's what I think they were waiting for. I think they were all just like, you know what? Let's just try to get to the playoffs. They thinking like we could just flip the switch. But they forgetting this is not the East. Like you said, it's not the East. He's not going to have no easy time in the East where it's just going to be like, all right, we could like basically sleepwalk through the regular season and we'll just make it to the playoffs. And then once the playoffs come, we'll turn it up. This ain't that. Basically, right now, the Western Conference is set. The first ACs are set. The rest of the teams are not getting in. All of them are like four games out of the A spot. I don't see the Sacramento Kings. I don't see Minnesota making up that four game gap between them and the A spot. So it's set. LeBron James can't be doing what he did in the Eastern Conference, this lollygagging through the year, thinking he could just, like I said, turn it on, and then the team's just going to make the playoffs, and then he could just turn on. He's supposed to be activated anyway. So first off, he's supposed to be activated right now. He still has to activate his shit. Been activated. No activation has been done. When is he going to activate on goddamn defense? Shit, they talk about minute restriction. I'm like, nigga, he take half the game off already. Shit, you already on some kind of restriction. 
Oh man, that's why I don't think he should be playing right now. There's no reason for him to be playing. Only reason I think he's playing is so he can get those numbers, so he can eventually pass Kareem. That's what his main goal is. His goal is to pass Kareem. He's asking to sit down and let the team mess up the rest of the year so he could go get a high draft pick. Just, just as much that people want to blame um, Rob Halinka and Magic for the assembly of this roster, LeBron James is just as much to blame. Because they went to him asking, what do you want? He's the one that said he wanted to play makers. All this is fault, but no one's going to say that. They're going to look at everyone else. They're going to blame Luke Walton. He's going to lose his job, like you said. They're going to blame Magic. They're going to blame Palinka. They're going to blame the young guys. And then right there on the bottom of that list, that's when LeBron James gets that blame. No one's going to oh, blame LeBron James. But LeBron James was hurt. You can't expect him to be good. He, he didn't have a full season. Mind you, he's never been hurt no other time in his career until he comes to LA. Maybe maybe he got hurt because he was being lackadaisical compared to himself. You see what I'm saying? Compared yeah, to himself yeah. and how he trains, how he did in Cleveland, how he did in Miami. Now, you pull your groin, maybe, maybe it just happened. Maybe because it happened because he's doing this, that, and the third in Hollywood. He's trying to be a mover and shaker and he's not putting as much... Maybe he thought in his head, he knew that he wasn't going to win a championship this year. So he didn't go as hard as he would do normal years where he know he could get to the finals with ease. Because truth be told, with the team right he got right now, he go to the East with the same team, they in the playoffs. He never yeah. he never been in a position where he it was a, even an inkling in his mind that he wouldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and he's so down, though. He brought that same mindset to the West. But the West is totally different from the East. And he found that out the hard way. That is very true. That is very true. Unfortunately, I don't know what LeBron's going to do. You say he should still play. I think he should sit out. But we're going to see. Another thing I want to talk about with the Lakers real quick. Magic Johnson on Friday night, he went to go see um, Ja Morant, the point guard out of Murray State, go play. So I'm thinking... The reason why he wants to go see him play, I think he's a damn good guard. If the Knicks didn't have Dennis Smith Jr. and if Zion Williamson was off the board, I would say Knicks go get John Morant. I think he's that good. I think he could be that electrifying to a franchise. But for him to be looking at a point guard, I think that spells the end for Lonzo Ball in Los Angeles. I think he's going to get traded. I think you might see him go to Phoenix and he's going to play with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And I think that would be better for him than being in LA, to be honest. But that'll be a black mark on Magic Johnson. Because Magic Johnson is said that every basketball decision was his decision. Because you know how they would say, oh, maybe Jeannie Buss forced him to get Lonzo Ball because of the storyline that would, the guy, kid from LA, father's proclaiming him that someone's going to be in the NBA and play for the Lakers. And it actually happened. They won a yeah. storyline and they pushed that forward. And that's why they picked Lonzo. But Magic said, no, he picked Lonzo because he wanted to pick Lonzo. He said his name was going to be in the Raptors. He's going to be the next great Laker. And you're going to give up on him after two seasons? <laughs> and I think Lonzo is a good player. Now, he's no De'Aaron Fox. Nope. He's no uh, Jason Tatum. But it's nope. Jason Tatum's taking a step back. Truth be told, he has taken a step back. Maybe because of himself. But my thing on, I know I'm going up tangent. I'm going towards uh, the Celtics. But with Jason Tatum, real quick. If you are that guy and you want to be that guy and you are saying that another player is 
is not allowing you to be their guy because they are always having the ball or they always need the ball to be good. I was just thinking, back in the day, those players in Jason Taylor's position would demand it. They would take it from the quote-unquote best player on the team at the time. Shit, Kobe didn't, didn't just pout like, oh, oh, Shaq going to get the ball all the time. I'm, I'm just going to uh, be happy with that and just sulk about it. No, he took it upon himself and made himself a go-to player. Who else? Damn, um, I had a whole list of people that did it. It wasn't just Kobe. Um, shit. Well, other guys? McGrady, when he was playing with Vince Carter. Vince Carter was the main attraction. Tracy McGrady said, no, I'm going to be that dude. And he was but that he left dude. The team. But he left the team, though. He didn't no, stay he on the team. He was, that, he was that dude when he was on the team with Vince. He just became something bigger when he left. But he didn't, he didn't shy away and say, oh, no, it's his team, and, and, and complain about it. You know what I mean? But, he, but just, to, be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, McGrady was more of a defensive stopper when he first came into. Even more of a defensive guy when he first came into the league, but he did grow into his own. But that was, but it was never in doubt. That was Vince Carter's team. That's why he wanted to leave and go to Orlando. But he should have stayed in, in with the Raptors because if he would have stayed with the Raptors, him and Vince Carter would have did some things out in Toronto. So I see what you're saying. He should be more aggressive and take the ball from Kyrie. Because I think that's the biggest issue with them. Obviously, I'm not happy because Kyrie thinks that he can just take over games and that and that he's the best player. He doesn't have to pass the ball too often. Obviously, that's the issue with you guys. So force him to do it. Like, yo, when he passes you the ball, take the ball and go to the basket. But that's the issue, too, because they're going to keep playing that one-on-one ball. It's not the same as Shaq and Kobe because Shaq and Kobe are the only two players on the team. So Kobe could be selfish. Jason Tatum can't be selfish and then because that takes away from... Gordon Hayward being effective. It takes away from Terry Rozier being effective. It takes away from um, Jalen Brown being effective. That's the only difference between Kobe and Shaq and Kyrie and Jason Tatum. You, there's more people to get to share the ball with on the Boston Celtics scene than you had to do on the Lakers scene. Rick Fox gets shots, but he's not an uh, offensive focal point or he's not that good offensively where you have to get him the ball. Jalen Brown is. Terry Rozier is. Not okay, Marcus. Another, another, another example. KD and Russ. KD was KD was the guy. Yeah. And then Russ was like, no, I'm the guy. See, KD and Russ is the same thing as Shaq and Kobe. They were the only two scorers on the team. Granted, they did have, um, what's his name? James Harden as their sixth man. They also had Reggie Jackson as their sixth man. But you know who getting the shots up. KD and Russ. How many, like, legit scorers do they have? Jalen Brown is not a scorer. He is a 3 and D guy. He plays plays defense and he can score. Terry Rozier can score. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like they're scorers. If you want to be the guy, you got to take it. That, That's what the I'm issue saying. is. He, the issue is they both come from that school of Kobe. That's the issue right there. And they both basically play that position where you need to be a ball dominant person. That's why KD and Russ can stay together. But another example, Tim Duncan. David, it was David Robinson's team. Tim Duncan got there. Nah, I'm the guy. Am I wrong, though? No, that's true. That that one is true. They, and they coexisted better. But now you got to go to different personalities because David Robinson and Tim Duncan is not that guy that's going to be rah-rah, give me the ball. But he's going to demand the ball, but he's not going to be like, yo, give me the ball. It's, it's going to be a problem type stuff. If you, well, my point is if you're the guy, 
you that dude, you that nice, it don't matter if somebody else put up too much shots. You put up shots too, and you make it count. Jason Tatum is not putting up crazy numbers. He's putting up regular-ass numbers. Yeah, he's still young. And then you can't. And then I've seen a video with him talking about, oh, I'm not 20 no more. I'm not 20 no more. And then you, you're doing all fucking Kyrie, like Kyrie's some defensive fucking stopper. Negro, please. Stop it. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, Jason if you Tatum. Put, be the guy. I got no problem with it. Be the guy. But don't complain and be like, oh, I'm not getting up shots because what's the name is out here? That's either, true. either play a role or be above the role. You can't do you can't do both. Either play the role and accept it, or say, you know what? I'm better than my role and I'm better than Kyrie. I want the ball. He should, he could he could demand the ball and he also he just has to be more efficient. He has because when you're with Kyrie, you're not gonna get as much shots. You gotta make sure you just more efficient with your shots. Like, if Kyrie, you're playing with Kyrie, make sure every time you get the ball is in your spot. Just take mid-range jumpers. He did it, he, yeah. he did it with LeBron. Yeah. You just got to pick your spots better. He just has to pick his spots better. When Kyrie's off the floor, that's when you take that's when you take advantage of him being off the floor. You you do what you're supposed to do. You show that you're that guy. This That's what he has to do. If he wants to do that, cool. When they're on the floor together, they just have to find a better way of making it, all right, Kyrie, and it falls on Kyrie too. Kyrie, get him involved. Like here, Jason Tatum. Here, elbow jumper. Take this shot. Got you. And that's an assist for Kyrie. Makes him feel better. Makes Jason Tatum feel like he's a part of the offense. So when Kyrie does get off the floor, all right, I got the offense now. Offense runs through me. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take all the shots, and I'm gonna lead the team. That's what needs to happen in the playoffs. Kyrie, go take a little rest. When you win, you could like run the offense, run the offense through you, and all that other stuff. And when you off the floor. Offense needs to run through either Gordon. Well, Gordon here was like a fourth option. Either um Jason Tatum or Kyrie Irving. That's the only thing. Yeah, they try they trying to <clears throat> play like uh Golden State, but Golden State, they they don't keep because everybody on Golden State or the two best players on Golden State, they're established already. You see what I'm saying? KD is bona fide, solidified. Yeah. Uh Steph Curry solidified. And they're efficient. Yeah. And they can make their they get they get, they gonna get their numbers regardless. They said Tatum's not up there. Oh, he's the, he don't play to the point where oh, I'm gonna get my numbers regardless every night, night in, night out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd rather complain about it instead of just doing it. He just needs to be more efficient. You gotta take advantage because because KD gets what 15 shots a game. He'll put up 26, 26, 28 points. That's guaranteed. So if you're more efficient with your shots, then it'll be it'll be better, especially when you're on a team like. The Golden State Warriors or like Boston. We have so many stars on the team. You have to be more efficient with your shots. You're not going to get up 20 shots and you can't go five for 20 and think you're going to have good numbers. You got to you gotta make the shots count. That's the issue I see with all those teams. Well, with Boston especially. Because Kyrie is not efficient. I know he's shooting like close to 50% this year, but most games, there's going to be a lot of games where he shoots like five for 20 or not five for 20, but like He's going to put up 30 shots, and the rest of the team may not put, get up as many shots as him. They might get, like, 10, maybe maybe 15 at most, the rest of the guys. But Kyrie's going to get his 30, his 20 to 30 shots, 2025. 20, Boston, we better serve. Is if Kyrie comes up the game, he has to, to get everybody else involved first. Because yeah. I'm questioning Kyrie's mind. He can get drop buckets any time of the game. 
But obviously he sees that these young kids, they either I'm not sure if they want it bad enough or they just rather complain and say, Kyrie's not passing me the ball. And then that way it'll give them the, the platform the way LeBron gave him the platform to showcase how good they really are. And you can have at it the first three quarters. If game is close, you know what I mean? In the fourth quarter, okay, I got it now. I'm going to take over. And if you can keep up with me, so be it. Yeah, that's but what he should be. That's what, that's what he should be doing. Because at the end of the day, he can get uh, six points. He can still keep his number. Six points in the first, six points in the second, and the third. How much is that? 18? 18, yeah, 18. 18 points. And then if he, if he needs to take over in the fourth, it's another 10. So he'll still get his numbers regardless. But he's basically propping them up. The same thing. All the greats have done it. LeBron with him. Kobe with others. Jordan with others. Um, Shaq with others. Like, you, you're the guy. Tim Duncan with others. I know I'm legit the best player on this team. The shit don't run without me. But I'm gonna get everybody else involved to make give them that platform to rise above themselves, i.e. Dwayne Wade, i.e. Kyrie Irving for LeBron, i.e. Shaq and Kobe, yeah, Tim Duncan with Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Yeah, like, I Shaq. could be the guy. I could be the guy to take every shot, but I'm gonna let everybody else eat, even especially the second best person on the team, Michael Jordan with Scottie Pippen. You got to let that second person eat to make it feel like they're just as good, even though they may think they're just as good as you, but they're not at the end of the day, but they have to feel that they are. Actually, Shaq said the same exact thing you just said. He said that Kyrie, good enough to this, like, you know what? I'm going to get six points each quarter, and I'll give you my average, 24 points. But the rest of that quarter, you can spend the time setting up your teammates just like you said. Shaq said the same exact thing. So I understand that part of it. I think he should be doing the same exact thing as well. You're supposed to be get your get your points in the beginning of the quarter, the rest of the quarter, set your teammates up, make them feel better. But I think Kyrie Irving, he makes no sense because you said you wanted your own team. You said that you want to be more of a leader. You wanted all this on your back. But now you complaining? Where they do that at? You can't be complaining that you wanted all this extra responsibility. You don't do that here. Nah, bruh bruh. You can't be doing that. You can't. You can't. Can't do that. You can't complain. That's why that's why Charles Barkley said he's one of the most miserable people ever he's ever seen. You can't say, hey, I want all the glitz and glamour. And then when you get it and the media starts criticizing you, just like they did to LeBron, just like they did to Kobe, just like they did to Michael, just like they did to all the other greats. It comes with it. It comes with the territory. Only person that really didn't have to deal with that is Tim Duncan. But he had yeah. Greg Popovich to, to put them in that that uh, bubble, that cocoon, where they really didn't have to deal with None of their stars had to deal with nothing like that. That's and, they won. Won. and they Kawhi won. And they won. Was a better player than a generation than Tim Duncan, but that's yeah. even there or there. I want to get to the fact that Boston either needs to, to, to be strategic, either Philly needs to think about they need to get to that third seed and knock the Patriots down to that fourth seed, or Boston needs to figure out because not, not, really, not really Boston, more so Philly. They need to either yeah. get to that third seed or drop to the sixth seed. Because they you do not want to see Boston in the first round. All that, all that stuff I said about Boston, come playoff time, I think they're going to be rocking and rolling, truth be told. They are. They're going to be rocking and rolling. I think rolling come, figure it out. 
Kyrie is going to play right. The truth, I, th- I think Kyrie, everything I just said, I think Kyrie realizes. He has to realize this. He's smart enough to realize that. I would hope. I would assume. He did uh, it early in the season after he called LeBron James and said, oh, you were so right about everything. I'm so sorry. He started playing the way he's supposed to be playing. He got 10. There's no reason why Kyrie Irving should not be averaging 10 assists a game. None. You're a fuck. You're a point guard, and you have Jason Tatum. You have Al Horford. You have Mark Marcus Morris. You have Jalen Brown. There is no reason why this man doesn't average at least at least a bare minimum of ten assists a game. Bare minimum in the playoffs, no. he should average twenty and ten. He could average thirty and ten in the playoffs. There's no reason why he should not average a, a double double in the playoffs. None. Russ figured it out. He didn't call Russ. Ask Russ what he what what was the uh, a moment in time where he realized, you know what? I'm better served getting everybody else involved for getting me and my numbers. It makes my job easier. And that's why they're it doing does. so good. But, um, yeah, but they, the Phillies needs to get out of that fourth spot immediately. I'm surprised that Pacers have been steady. That Their coach, Nate McMillan, he definitely deserves a coach of the year for that effort. Yeah. After that, the way he lost Oladipo, I thought it was a wrap. But this dude, Bog- Bogdanovich, balling, Miles Turner, Balling. The bitch. Um, that bitch. Yeah. Everybody with a bitch got the gun. These are proven, proven facts. But you're right. The Philadelphia 76 do need to move out of that four seed because they struggling without Embiid right now. You said it last week. They're going to need Embiid for the playoffs. I thought they were looking pretty good without him, but recently they've been struggling. So they have to get out of that four spot. Sunday afternoon's win for Philadelphia was a big game for them. They get to pull a little bit closer to them. They're only a game behind the Indiana Pacers winning that game. Now they're tied. So it's a huge game for them. Huge, huge game. Big win. They just got to keep it up. Get to that third spot. Have home court advantage so you don't have to face Boston. And then you get to play um, You play the two seed. Or, or Detroit. And those are a very winnable series for them. Very winnable. I think the Nets will push them. I think Detroit, they'll probably sweep Detroit. They'll, I think the Nets will probably push them maybe maybe five Detroit or six. Got, Detroit got their own win streak of their own going on. I I don't know what um Dwayne Casey got them drinking it's out Blake of Detroit. Griffin. They Blake Griffin, man. Blake Griffin. Everyone likes to say Blake Griffin was like the, the weak link back then when he was with the Clippers. I don't he think was, he was a weak link. He, oh, he definitely I don't was. Think, I don't think oh, he was a weak he, link. He definitely was a weak link. That's I don't his. think his defense was suspect. His mid-range jumper never fell when, it, when the, the shots needed to drop. He tried to. He couldn't just bank on his athleticism in the playoffs. And but he was definitely a weak link. Shit. He played. Well, he's playing better now. The whole team was a weak link. You know how I feel about Chris Paul. Chris and um, DeAndre Jordan is only a product of Chris Paul. So yeah. <laughs> But, well, Blake Griffin's played better now, so we're not going to talk bad about Blake Griffin. And don't be talking about the Clippers either, because you know they destroyed, well, I, I wouldn't say destroyed, but they beat the Lakers, and the Lakers are out of the playoffs basically because of the Clippers. Yeah. And Patrick Beverly calling out LeBron. You know, that's the other thing about LeBron James. He let Patrick Beverly stand up to him and guard him the whole game. Yo, LeBron, LeBron James, come on. Then, they, like, then in the game, they were chanting, we want Kobe. Like, come on. <laughs> LeBron James, like, oh, man. Man, man, The game man, was, man, game man, was man, set man. up. If, if I seen, if I'm LeBron James, I, and I said this to if LeBron James had the, the same mentality of Jordan or Kobe, 
he would be the best player ever. Yeah, I think so too. Don't even know he is. I see Patrick Beverly on me. Oh, I'm barbecue chicken. I'm going right at Patrick Beverly. I don't care how how good a defender Patrick Beverly is. I'm going right at him every time down the floor. Come on, LeBron. You're going to let Patrick Beverly. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Beverly is a dope player. He's a good player. He's a solid player. He plays great defense. But LeBron James, you are the greatest player on the planet, so they tell me. Why are you letting this man, Patrick Beverly, call you out and basically say he wants you? He wants to guard you, and you didn't drop 50 on him? You didn't drop 50? Are you kidding me? Patrick Beverly is not that good of a defender to be stopping LeBron James. Like Andre just said, he is barbecue chicken for this man, LeBron James. But that's what LeBron James is. He's never going to show up when you think you need him the most. I think he doesn't like to set the challenge from some people. Some people, you you check LeBron, LeBron's just going to check out. Like Steven Jackson said, Captain Jack, he said on first take this week, hey, LeBron James is the only player I've regarded that if he wanted to score 50 on me, he could. But he couldn't because he didn't have Kobe Bryant's mentality. And that's what's wrong with LeBron James. That's the reason why I don't mess with LeBron James like that. Because he don't have that mentality of like, yo, I'm going to get this done no matter what. I'm going to, you can't call me out. Can you imagine Patrick Beverly calling out Kobe Bryant? Come on, man. And I know audience, you're probably saying, damn, these niggas some LeBron haters. Why are you going so hard on LeBron? I'm not trying to go hard on LeBron. I'm just trying to explain my point to you guys. Like this, Kobe Bryant, he scored 60 points in his final game as a Laker and won. Do you guys think if Kobe Bryant scored 60 points and they would have lost that game, he would have been happy with that? No. No, right? Do you think LeBron James will be happy scoring 60 points and losing that game in his final game? I think he would be happy with it. He would be happy. Like, oh, yeah, I did what I did. You know what I do. I put the numbers. It just didn't fall out way. But I did what I had to do. Kobe, on the other hand, would have been like, damn what I scored. We lost the game. And that's the issue with LeBron James. He's perfectly fine just getting his numbers and losing. It doesn't bother him if the team loses and he gets his numbers. He don't care about that. He cares at the end of the day. He cares about, oh, hey, I got a triple-double in the finals. I did what I had to do. Same thing you like to say, Andre. I did what I had to do. I got my triple-double. I got my points. I scored 50 in the first game. But my teammates, they didn't do what they needed to do. Who cares at the end of the day? Yes, their teammates didn't show up. But did you do everything you could possibly do to win that game or to win that series? No, because you're three and six in the finals. You're three and six. I could remember plenty of games where LeBron James didn't do enough. And I'm just sitting there like, damn, man. Like... You're supposed to be the greatest player in the league? Come on now. Come on. We got to be honest about LeBron James. We can't all be blind witnesses. Shit, you three and six. Three and six. Come on, man. And, and let's be I, real. I, he should be two and seven. I give, I, give, I give him credit for one of those chips because without one of those chips, Tim Duncan would be six and zero oh in the finals, and that would be ridiculous. So I'm glad he, took, he gave Tim Duncan at least one L. He but, didn't give it. Ray Allen gave him that. Ray, Ray Allen did. Yeah, Ray Allen did. But truth be told, that game seven, LeBron James, he put them to sleep. I'm not even going to lie. Game Tim seven, Duncan he put them to sleep. Tim Duncan yeah. missed that layup. Tim Duncan missed that layup in game seven. That's the only reason why they lost. Yeah. yeah. LeBron, J- LeBron James, he won one ring that I give him full credit for. Full credit is that is the um is the Cleveland one. ring. Three that one ring. ring. That's the only one I'm like, you know what? 
LeBron James is great. That's the one I said. This motherfucker is great. That mother. This this and LeBron James then, is great. Even then, he got lucky because he um basically he outsmarted Draymond Green. Yep. So that's my whole thing with LeBron James. This is what I want to do. It's been 16 years. This man has been in the league, and for damn near all 16 years, it's been this stupid ass debate of LeBron and Michael Jordan, who's the goat. I'm so sick of this conversation. I'm sick of it. Look, until LeBron James' career is over, I want to retire. This I don't even like talking about on, on this podcast. I've never heard a topic like this on my podcast of LeBron James, Michael Jordan, who's the GOAT, and we're never going to discuss that damn topic because at the end of the day, LeBron James is not better than Michael Jordan. Until LeBron James is seen as better than some of, some of the people in his own generation or his own time, we shouldn't be comparing him to Michael Jordan at the end of the day. Because in my opinion... There's an argument can be made that LeBron James is not better than Kobe. There's an argument that can be made LeBron James is not better than Tim Duncan. And if Kevin Durant keep winning rings, the argument is going to be, is LeBron James better than Kevin Durant? If he's not better than Kevin Durant, how the fuck can he, keep, can he be better than Michael Jordan? We just need to stop this conversation because I'm sick of ESPN and all these other stations doing the same topic. LeBron versus Michael Jordan, who's the GOAT? At the end of the day, he's not. It's low, it's low hanging fruit for them. It's a it's a topic they can always go to, always uh, kill some time on any segment, on any show, and and on any network. It's it's easy. It's low hanging fruit. Let um Nick Wright tell it. LeBron James was the best player in the league from day one. I'm no, like, this man, did never won nothing. He always came up short in the biggest moments. LeBron James wasn't the best player in the league until 2011. But let Nick Wright tell you he's the best player in the league from 05 on. Negro, please. Uh, like, what, what do you mean? Like, he was missing, like, when he first got in the league, he missed the playoffs the first two seasons of his career. I don't think he should have won rookie of the year. I thought he should have went to Melo. Because Melo got him in the West into the, the playoffs. Well, we're going to talk about Melo later. And mind you, Kobe is, is getting to the championship Back to back to back years. True. So after the year, the first year, they they lost to Dallas in the final. If you want to give him the best player from then on, I ain't gonna argue with you. He really was that year after where he was I could like okay, he's the best player right now. You got him. But I'm not yeah, giving the- him these extra years as as some commentators will do. I don't care about the numbers. Like I said last week. Man, you could be as efficient as you want to be. You could score. It could be. You could shoot seventy percent, have thirty points, eight and eight. But if somebody else gets the same thirty points, but they shot forty-five percent, those numbers are still the same. Basically, LeBron's just a night. His stats just look nice. Yeah, he's a stat. He like they said, he could roll out of bed and get you twenty-five, seven and seven. Easy. Yeah, that's the issue. It looks like he just rolling out of bed, waking up and saying, "Hey, I got my numbers. I'm out." Like, did y'all get y'all's? No. Okay. Well, that's okay. As long as I got mine, we win or lose. As long as I get my numbers, I'm cool with that. He made a mental note in his head, like I'm not making the finals this year. Think I don't see it any way possible of us making the finals. So he kind of went in this year. Or just going with the mo, going with the motions, and that's the issue with LeBron. And James. my and throwing his teammates under the bus at the same time 
which he's he has a history of doing. But no one would ever talk about that history because LeBron James is the GOAT, but not me. I'm going to talk about it all because <laughs> LeBron James, he, every, he is a flawed. People put LeBron James without any context. Please believe I'm the motherfucking context. I'm always going to give you the context. <laughs> yep, because LeBron James, I, I just don't like I don't like that debate anymore. Every time I see him, it's like, shut the F up. Like, no, he's not better than him. Can we talk about, what about now? Like, let's talk about the players now. Is he better than Kawhi right now? I don't think so. That's just me. Is, does he better than Paul George right now? The way Paul George has been playing recently, maybe because he hurt his shoulder, but like everyone's been saying, you put Paul George the way he's been playing right now with LeBron James on that Laker team, with Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, that team would threaten the Golden State Warriors right now. And it'll be mainly because of how Paul George is playing more so than LeBron James, just saying. And then who else? James Harden? I don't even like James Harden like that, and I can say he's playing better right now than LeBron James. Other people... He's still sniffing at LeBron James sauce and saying that he's still the best player in the league. He hasn't given up his crown. Negro, please. He gave up that crown. As soon as he came back in a, in, this year, when he threw that ball up against the backboard against the Suns, he gave up that crown. Who, what kind of great player, when you need that game, throws the ball against the backboard and this, uh, who cares? He quit. This man quit. If, if Kobe Bryant could quit, LeBron James could quit. So it's okay. O'Brien ain't quitting that game. He was proving a point. He's quitting. And like keep you said. Keep telling you this. He was proving a point. Sometimes you got to put your dick on the table and let niggas know what time it is. Well, clearly that's what LeBron James is doing because he hasn't done that. He hasn't done anything all year. <laughs> all year he hasn't done anything. But I'm done with the Lakers. I'm done. I don't know if you still want to have anything to say about them. Andre, do you have anything? Um, Nah, man. You going to do your one, two, three Cancun? That's what they going. Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what it looks like. So they, they in locker room right now. One, two, three, Cancun. Just like you said, this season is a wrap. Or and also gone fishing. They they need a gone fishing segment on TNT with the with the you Lakers. Heard, you heard Barkley. He, he tried to invite Le, LeBron to the inside the NBA set because he know he gonna be free. It's <laughs> um this, this playoff season. No, he's not gonna be filming the fucking Space Jam. That's what he's gonna be doing. But oh man. LeBron James is funny, but I don't think he'll ever show up in that inside the NBA set. Not, not with Charles. Charles be talking too much stuff about him. Everybody, but all the, all the good players have gone on there. You don't necessarily got to be on set. Maybe you could do like a little brief interview or what may have you. But yeah. um, I don't, he don't like, I don't think he likes Charles Barkley that much. Nope. <laughs> he'll probably go on for Shaq. He'll go on for Shaq. Shaq could convince him to come. Shaq, Ernie, and Kenny could. Not for not for Charles. Another Western Conference team I think is pre- doing pretty good right now is the Rockets. They're on a seven-game winning streak. I know we talked about them last week, and Andre said that he don't believe in James Harden. He said he's, it's just a nice story for right now until we see what he does in the playoffs. But the team is on a seven-game winning streak. They beat some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors. They beat the 76ers on Friday night, even though the 76ers did have Embiid. We'll say that. And then also they beat the Boston Celtics while they were still struggling. Oh, they're looking pretty good right now. Now, RJ, are you convinced a little bit more or you still not convinced that they're going to do anything in the playoffs? Um, can I get that sound? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. They can put it. They're regular. They built for the regular season. So 
That's what they do. They win. They put up straight string games together. They look good. It's all for show. All little flash, little glitz and glamour, but there's no substance to it. Because when it gets down to the nitty gritty, you can't. How do you expect to beat the team that you try to beat playing the same way they play? It just it just baffles me. You can't play the same. You can't out try to outplay somebody at their own game. They play the same game. It's just that Warriors are more efficient, and they not they not in this foolish mindset either a three pointer or a layup. They take the points as they come. True. So very when it true. Gets down to nitty gritty. Until I've seen it, and how long Chris Paul been in the league? I don't even know. Like you, I think it was one less year than than LeBron, so like fifteen years. So uh, yeah, so a good 12, 13 seasons at least. James Harden, I don't think he's been in the league at least 10 years yet. I don't think so. But since for as long as they've been in the league, respectively, for each of them, when the lights were brightest, they came up smallest. And these are just facts. I'm not making it up. I wish I wish I was. I wish I was just talking shit and like, oh, I'm just hating on them. No, that's not the case. These are facts. When the lights is brightest, both of them come up the smallest. So until they can prove that, they, they can come up big in a, in a big moment and take a leap of, of what they're normally been doing, I'm, I'm going to side on the fact that they're going to fail. Like last year, when they predictably, Chris Paul hurts his hamstring. Game seven, they, they have the worst shooting night of their career. James Hart, all he do is drop buckets. He drop buckets after buckets after buckets. But the most important game, he ain't dropping buckets. Very you see true. what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't believe in Chris Paul. I agree with you. I agree with the whole thing that Skip Bailey to say, call him CP0 and everything. I believe last year, I do believe if Chris Paul was there for that game seven, they would have missed 27 straight three-pointers. I don't believe they would have missed 27. Because I think he would have switched up the offense a little bit. He would have found someone an easy bucket. James Harden, like you said, he doesn't show up in big moments. We've seen it in too many times that he doesn't show up in big moments. I hold that hope for him because I used to, I used to be a fan of his when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder, when he was the third wing on that team. But he didn't show up back then for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he hasn't shown up since he's been with the Rockets. He's put up big numbers. He's done a bunch of different things with the Rockets, being an MVP. I think he's going to be MVP again this year, especially if the Rockets get to a, a, a stay in the top three seed or they get even higher. He deserves the MVP this year. But as much as I do believe that, I don't know. I got to see it to believe it. I won't say that he can't do it. I just got to see it to believe it before I say they're going to do anything this year in the playoffs. I don't know. The only, the only thing more ridiculous than... Um, you you predicting that they possibly could beat Golden State is Charles and Kenny the Jet saying the Portland Trailblazers are going to beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. It's the only thing All more right. ridiculous. All right, first off, first off, I never said the Rockets going to beat the, the the Golden State Warriors. My team to beat the Golden State Warriors this year is the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know how I think about that. I think they have, like I said, one through five, they could guard Golden State. I think the Rockets have the second best chance to be in the Warriors if Chris Paul stays healthy. And that's a big-ass if, because we all know Chris Paul, big moments, he's going to find a way to get hurt. Now, 
the Portland Trailblazers, they're not wrong if Charles Barkley and Kenny Jesmith are not wrong if. Are you going to think I'm crazy? You think I'm smoking something? I don't care. They're not wrong if they get Carmelo Anthony. If Carmelo Anthony comes to the Portland Trailblazers and he is playing the way I think he still could play, still, if he still has anything left in the tank, him with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, with Ennis Cantor and Yusef Nurchik, the way he's been playing recently, I think they could, they could upset the Warriors if, like, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry gets hurt. But I think having Melo on that team, it could do wonders for them. Imagine doing a pick and roll or pick and pop with Melo and Damian Lillard. I think they could do some things. You think I'm you think I'm crazy? Yeah, I think you absolutely lost your goddamn marbles. <laughs> where where is Melo at now? If, if 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 this master plan of yours is going to work, why is he already signed? There's only 20 games left, and you, and, they... and obviously you need to ingratiate Melo into the system. So obviously, when he's not ingratiated into the system, he don't feel a part of the system. In the latter part of his career, he doesn't do well. He's already a defensive liability, and he's not the best catch-and-shoot player. He, he won't needs be time. To, he doesn't, he's, not, he's not the best catch-and-shoot player. He needs time to uh, get his work his way, feel his way out, and then get like a, a mid-range two. That's his game. His game's never really been catch-and-shoot type three. So that's what he, he could like, do with Dave. Mean, he's, he's making a three for himself. I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, Melo on Portland would work. I'm telling you. Melo and Dame in the pick and roll or Melo and CJ in the pick and roll or pick and pop situations would be deadly. Remember the pick and pop with, with Damian Lillard and LaMarcus Aldridge? I'm telling you guys, that can be the same type of dynamic. Melo can be a smaller, more agile version of LaMarcus Aldridge. He's obviously going to be a stretch four. He's not going to be a normal, typical four man, but... He can be that stretch four where you could kick it out to him, do a little pick and pop, do a little pick and roll with him, and it will help Dame and it will help Melo out in the long run. And then you have Melo coming in off the bench occasionally, well, all the time. He's going to be coming off the bench and being that second scorer, basically doing what Rodney Hood is doing right now. You, you don't think Melo could do what Rodney Hood is doing? You don't think you could run offense to Melo? Come on, man. You guys got to stop disrespecting Melo. Melo is still a great player. I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm telling you, when we lost him because we traded him to the Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the teams that won him was Portland. So Portland, just do the same thing all over again, man. I'm telling you, CJ and Dame, if you get Melo on your team, it will do wonders for you guys. You guys need a second option because you need someone that can get a bucket for you guys. It can't always just be about Dame and CJ. That's all I'm saying. Now... This regular Portland team without Melo, I don't know what Charles is talking about. I don't think they could beat Golden State. They can't beat Golden State with this regular Portland team because, like I said, you could just shut down Dame and CJ. But if you get Melo, something can happen. That's all I'm saying. If you get Melo and he's hoodie Melo or Melo from a couple years ago with the Knicks, I know I'm, it's a stretch. I'm saying Melo from a couple years ago with the Knicks, but I don't care. You could think I'm crazy, Andre. I don't know. I gotta see. You gotta see what kind of condition Melo is in. Um, you gotta get him onto the game plan. You gotta give him the buy-in. I think it's a, I think it's a little far-fetched, but it will give him. He will give him another offensive option that they need because um, <clears throat> offense can't run through just Dame and CJ. Somebody, That's the issue, need, though. The third bona fide score that that, that can be counted on. 
bottom line is to my argument for Melo to join the Portland Trail Blazers is that when it comes playoff time, Dame and CJ, they just not tall enough to go up against these bigger guards, these bigger small forwards that are play out on the wing like Clay Thompson, Paul George, even Drew Holiday. You saw what Drew Holiday did to them last year. They shut them down. So you need a bigger guy that you can depend on to get you some points. Like I like Yusef Nurchik. He's playing better, but he's not a superstar, a bona fide superstar yet where you give him that ball, like Anthony Davis, you give him that ball down low, he can get you 30 and 10, guaranteed. He's not there yet. He's not there. In this canter, he's not there. He's a good guy to come off the bench, but Melo, he can supplement what they already do and help him out in the long run. And that's all I'm got to say. That's all. That's my only point. I'll leave it at that. We shall see. But time, time is ticking. So, it is um, ticking. I don't know. I don't know what they're going. Uh, the the trailblazer, the brass is going to do. Um, but it's something, it's something to think about. But they can't. They can't keep running out the same same squad year after year, and expecting to do something in the playoffs. So enough of the Portland Trailblazers and Carmelo Anthony. I'm over it. Portland, go get Carmelo if you want to win something this year. But let's move on to our final quick topics in the NBA because we've been talking about basketball for like an hour now. Let's move on. So, uh, first one we're going to talk about is Russell Westbrook talking about Carl Anthony Towns on Tuesday night during the game they got into it. And Russell Westbrook said, don't effing talk to me until you make it to the playoffs. He made the playoffs last year. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Carl Anthony Towns is a, is a good player, solid player, gets his numbers. But I don't think he's a franchise player. Because maybe hopefully he, he proved me wrong, but that showcase he put out last year in the playoffs was ridiculous. They had they 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 could have did a lot better against I think they played the Rockets in the first round than yep. they did. Like Carlton Town was a no show. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He was a no show. He might have he he should have been he should have lost his job for no call, no show. Because that's what he did. And when you no call, no show. In a regular job, they fire your ass. And, and that's exactly what he did last year. So hopefully this year, well, he won't, be play, he won't make the playoffs this year, but nope. in the upcoming years, he steps his game up. He becomes a force that he, know, that he knows that he is. And I think that he is a force because he gets you 20 and 10 in his sleep. But he has to show that and dominate all the time. Like the way he's playing right now, he got to play that, that way every single game. Including the playoffs, um, so he's only been he ain't been in the league that long. And last year was his first showcase in the playoffs, but it was a terrible, a terrible showing. And he need to get it together. Um, and Russ, Russ really can't talk either because um, Russ can't talk because he did make it to the finals and all that good stuff. He knows what it is, what it takes to be in the playoffs. Uh, but last year when they got knocked out by Utah, that was a terrible showing too. So. They all need to just shut up and, and play ball. And rusting to prove himself, just like Carl Anthony got to prove himself, it's just that Russ is more, he's proven more since he's been in the league uh, over his years. But truth be told, they both ain't really making no noise right now. Very true. I would give not, him that. Not, not in the playoffs, at least. I agree with you there. OKC and Russ Westbrook have not looked good in the playoffs. Two years ago, losing to the Houston Rockets in five, and then last year losing to Donovan Mitchell as a rookie in six and the Utah Jazz. Using those guys, that was not a good look for them. 
But last year, come on, man. We all saw Jimmy Butler when he got hurt last year. The Wolves were a top three or four seed in the West. And then he gets hurt. Carnegie Towns and Wiggins are supposed to step up and carry the team. Did they do it? No. Of course they did it because that's what Carlton Towns and Andrew Wiggins do. They put up empty numbers. They never show when you need them most. Never. And then this year, Carlton Towns acting like a little baby when Jimmy Butler was still on the team. He didn't want to play good when he was on the court with him. But then when Jimmy Butler wasn't on the court, that's when he wanted to start playing well. And the only reason why he's playing well now is probably because he got $30 million extra on the table as a possibility now especially since that Anthony Davis ain't playing that much because he's on this miniature stitch and he sees that he can get on that all-NBA team. And you know if you're on that all-NBA team and you're looking for that Supermax contract extension, you get $30 million. I'll be playing hard too. But he ain't fooling me because, to me, he just reminds me of another Kevin Love putting up all these nice numbers, but what do they amount to at the end of the day? Nothing. Both his numbers and Andrew Wiggins' numbers always amount to nothing. Andrew Wiggins could put up 20 points right now, you wouldn't even notice it. It'll be the most unimpactful 20 points you've ever seen in your life. And I will keep saying that every episode. The most unimpactful player I've ever seen is Andrew Wiggins. But anyway, we can move on now. Well, it's a breaking news, by the way. Brandon Ingram is out for the season. Why? So he's hurt? Again. Yeah. The show is um arm injury. I think it's his shoulder. Yeah. But yeah, like I said before, one, two, three, Cancun. I told you they quitting. They are quitting because Brandon Ingram's dad came out this week and said that he's he's not happy with how things are going with his son and the team and the organization. I'm telling you, they quitting, man. LeVar Ball coming out saying he's not happy with the organization. Nets is Kuzma's dad. Yep. Everybody's dad gonna come out. Brandon Ingram, I hope you feel better soon. I feel bad, man. You Lakers fans, I really feel bad for you guys. You guys were sold a bill of goods. Just sold a bill of goods, and you were bamboozled, hoodwinked, fooled, bamboozled, led astray by this man, LeBron James. What a shame. Shame. It's, 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 a, it's a rap. It's just <laughs> all the rap. But everybody, Kobe, a lot of people missed the playoffs, so this won't, it won't hurt LeBron's legacy in the grand scheme of things. It just lets, lets him know that how easy he had it in the Eastern Conference. And I hope everybody else realize it when they talk about LeBron James in the future. They probably won't, but he had it easy in the, in the Eastern Conference. He definitely did have it easy in the Eastern Conference, but I think it makes it even more egregious because, yo, you didn't even try hard. You didn't try hard. And that's why the fans won't cheer for you like that. Look at what Kobe Bryant did in his final season. Or, well, not his final season. His final, like, big run as a top player. He paid all those minutes towards Achilles just to lead his team to the playoffs. Even though his team wasn't going to win nothing, he still tried to get his team to the playoffs. He willed his team to the playoffs. Will we ever see LeBron James do something like that? He had the chance to this year. You can't tell me that this legacy was not good enough to do it if LeBron James would have stepped up like he's supposed to and actually led the team and was a leader. He was a terrible leader this year. Terrible. But they made the playoffs that year on Kobe Bryant's back. Blew his Achilles. He was never the same after that. And, yeah, and when they talk, and, and when they talk about how uh, oh, it took Kobe this many games to get it, and he was in the twenty. Mind you, two of those seasons were washed seasons. The season after the Achilles, and then the season after that, he was hurt pretty much the entire entirety of those seasons. So he would have caught 
got Michael Jordan a lot sooner than he did, and he would be a lot further ahead than he is now. I just want to throw that out there, too. LeBron James, let's be real. He played more games than Michael Jordan as well. That's the reason why he scored more points than them, guys, in my opinion. He played more games. But he did take less shots. I have, <clears throat> that, is, that, that is a fact. He took a lot less shots than Michael. Oh, but, but Kobe Bryant put his team on his on his back and got him there by playing, playing 45 to 48 minutes a game. And so, you know what? I'm not going to fail my team because we had all this hype on this team and we are damn sure we damn sure going to make the playoffs. We may not win, but we're making the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. He can't. That's why the Lakers fans not going to cheer for him. Why would you cheer for him when you had a man, Kobe Bryant, that did every that blew his Achilles up to get his team to the playoffs? And then they lost to the Rockets. Boring ass, what's his name? Gone. <laughs> Dwight Howard got blown up by the Rockets. But he still tried. And LeBron James, it don't look like he's been trying. And like I said, that game where he threw the ball against the backboard, against the Suns, it looked like he quit. So. Oh, when he rolled the ball down the court and it let go out of bounds? Come on yep. now. Like, he quit. All that stuff is embarrassed. I would be embarrassed to be a Laker fan if I was one. But before we get out of basketball, we want to congratulate Rasheed Wallace for being named head coach at Jordan High School in Durham, North Carolina. I know that's right by you, Andre. Hey, right, right up the block. Everybody should get shirts saying, ball don't lie. Pretty much. They should. Really ball should. don't lie. Full city, ball don't lie. That should, be, that should be a slogan. I should mark that down and start selling the t-shirts out there. Like, bruh, man. At the Whitney Houston concert, the Whitney Hutton concert. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Whitney Hutton. <laughs> but um, yeah, Rasheed Wallace, I thought he should be an assistant coach in the NBA, but him going down because he said he wants to work with younger kids and help them out with their development. So him doing that down there in North Carolina is a great look for him. I wish him the best of the luck. Moving on to my New York Knicks. I know, guys, I haven't talked about my Knicks in so long. I'm from New York, and I haven't even talked about them. But there's a reason. They suck. I don't want to talk about my Knicks until we get Zion, to be honest with you. I do see some nice pieces on my team, as you guys already know. Lonzo Trier, Mitch Robinson, a whole bunch of them I see. But like I was saying, I saw some good news this week. David Fisdale brought in Jason Kidd to come and talk to Emmanuel Moutier and Dennis Smith Jr. to help him out learn the point guard position. So they picked his brain and asked him how to get your teammates involved and stuff like that. So that's good stuff to hear. David Fisdale's been bringing in people all year, basically. They brought in Clyde Frazier. They brought in Bill Bradley. They brought in Rasheed um, Wallace as well. And J.C. Kidd, Walt Frazier, all these guys, just to get these guys to learn the position and learn about the NBA. So I like that he's bringing these veterans in to get talk to these young guys and pick their brains. And also, like I said, these young guys, and I like how we have DeAndre Jordan. I think he's really helping out this man, Mitch Robinson. I think Mitch Robinson is going to be a problem. Uh, shout out to Mitch Robinson. He is a diamond in the rough for you, uh, for those Knicks fans out there. Um, he's, a, he's a baller. Yes, he is. Probably, probably, probably a major reason why uh, they got rid of Porzingis. Not to mention that Porzingis kind of strong-armed them too, but they will co- they feel comfortable doing it because they had a player like Mitchell Robertson, um, who was who was a, a a good player to be a rookie that they found in the second round. Yes, he can't shoot like Porzingis, but he could he could play better defense than Porzingis, and I'm happy with that. He's <laughs> he a, tra- could be a traditional big man. Yeah. He could be like he's gonna be a Clint Capella. He can run the floor. I'm, I like him. Catch lobs. I like him. He could, that's why having DeAndre Jordan is good because he's basically a skinnier DeAndre Jordan. 
that wasn't too much basketball, was it? Hour, hour and almost hour and 15 minutes of basketball. That wasn't too much, was it? Hopefully it wasn't. I love talking basketball. I know Andre loves talking basketball. But we're going to switch it up right now. We're going to get into a little bit of baseball topics before we head into football. It's baseball season. Spring training is here. Baseball is back. I saw some baseball articles this week. I saw an article in the New York Post about Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray's out here complaining that the Yankees made him throw sliders and that's why he sucked. Man, Sonny Gray, shut the F up forever. Why are you complaining about the Yankees telling you to throw sliders? You don't have to throw the pitch. If you don't want to throw the pitch, you don't have to throw the pitch at the end of the day. You even said it in your article that... At the end of the season, you stopped listening to the Yankees wanting to throw you the slider. You just threw cutters the whole time. You actually had a good start. So why didn't you do that earlier? If you noticed that the slider wasn't working for you, stop listening to the Yankees. Do what you want to do. You can just shake your mother. You can just shake your head, and they won't. You don't have to throw the pitch. Just keep shaking your head every time they ask you to throw the slider, man. Gosh. But he was just another one of our signings that just didn't amount to anything. I hope the prospects that we got for him don't do anything because. It was a waste of a, it was a waste of a trade. Honestly, it was just a waste of trade. It was another Kevin Browns, another AJ Burnett, another signing that the Yankees are gonna live to for, regret at the end of the day. It's gonna live to regret it. But good luck to him in Cincinnati. Hopefully, he figures everything out. He don't have to throw any more sliders. And he said it hurt his curveball. Nigga, stop complaining. It's not your wheelhouse. It sounded like a whole lot of excuses he was making. Because at the end of the day, you're the only person on the mound. So you could choose whatever pitch you want to throw. They're not gonna yes. like the catcher can suggest because all it is is suggestions. You're the yep. one. If you, if you know the slider is not your uh, your best pitch or it's one of your weaker pitches, you either improve it or you don't throw it. But you can't blame uh, somebody else for your shortcomings on the mound last season. That was a weak move. Very weak. I was really pissed off when I heard him complain about this, man. Really pissed off, but whatever. Enjoy your time in Cincinnati. You're never gonna win anything anyway. Thank you for your help. But and some more news about my Yankees. Luis Severino. It's not looking good for him. He injured his shoulder, his inflammation in his shoulder, and he's not gonna be able to make the opening day start. It's not looking good for us. And I think I don't know, man. I really don't know. We need to get another left-handed pitcher to come on our team. The Astros, Dallas Keuchel. He's out there. The Yankees really need to think about going again this man, I think. They still got uh, Tanaka and CeCe, right? Yeah, they still got Tanaka and CeCe. Yeah, right now their rotation is Tanaka, CeCe, Jay Happ, and John oh, Paxson. Happ, he's a solid, he's a solid pitcher. Yeah, they he's are a solid pitchers. for the Blue Jays, right? Yeah, he's a pitch for the Blue Jays. Yeah, J.A. Happ is a good pitcher, but Yankees still need more pitching because CC, let's be real, he's on his last legs and he already got a job with ESPN. I don't even know how he can do that. Just be an analyst and still play on the team. But 
who am I to judge? You know, we just need new pitches on the Yankees. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Baseball. Who's done it before? Why you still? While you're still playing? Yeah. They come like uh, like football players do it, like uh, Brandon Marshall. Oh, that's true. Well, Brandon Marshall's not good though. <laughs> but he stopped. He did that when he wasn't good anymore. But yeah. CC's not good anymore either. But at the same time, I just think it is weird. And plus, I guess it's cool because pitch is the only pitch. What maybe maybe one time a week. So he basically yeah. he has time you on his know, hands. You know, baseball. You pitch once during a week. If you're an outfield, you could be in the outfield for a whole entire game and I have not one ball come to you. So you're pretty much getting paid millions to do to stand out in the sun all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> so basically, if anybody, if anybody in any sport to be able to be uh, uh, uh analyst on TV and play the game, it's baseball. That's what baseball probably should probably do. While they uh why they telecasting games, they should have the players mic'd up on the field yeah, just talking to you. Cool- that's a cool little thing they got doing now. I've seen in the NBA that they put like earbuds while they're like uh, doing shoot, shoot around or they were doing it during all-star like during the games where you could yeah. talk to the player while they're playing. That's a, that's a yeah. cool little thing they, uh, feature they got going on. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend doing that during the, like the real games or playoffs or anything like that, but like exhibition games or um, shoot around. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I think it would be dope. You have the outfielders out there just standing out there. Most of the time, they don't even, the ball doesn't even come to them anyway. Giancarlo Sanders could be standing out in right field all game and never see a ball. So he could be standing out there talking to the the announcers and stuff. That will be a great little feature base we could do to get more eyes on the television. So the five-hour game won't be so boring. Yeah, you heard about, about moving, the, moving the mound back by two feet. Like you, you, now you now you messing with the game. I don't <laughs> like are. that idea. Now... A, a pitch clock that's not bad it's not it was not necessarily messing with the game it's just letting this move it along not doing all or canceling like mound visits to that's a good um, one too little, if only if you come to the mound you gotta move your you got to get picture out it's not oh talking to them trying to calm them down you the, the catcher could do that you shouldn't the, the manager shouldn't be having to do that or True. if they or they might try to end where you bring in one pitcher for one batter, then bring in another pitcher for another batter. Nah, nah. You stick. You got to face three batters. If you come in, you got to face at least three batters, three outs. That is a good rule, though. The rule having the relief pitchers having to face three batters when they come in, that is a great rule. That'll speed the game up. Also, the pitch clock. And that mound rule, not a good rule. Not a good rule at all. I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not into baseball as much as I was when I was younger. But like the game now is more so they swing for the fences. Like back when I, I used to play baseball way back when and watch it. Uh, my favorite play used to be Ken Griffey Jr. And my favorite pitcher was Randy Johnson. And back in, in the days when I was watching it, people, everybody wasn't trying to hit home runs. You had certain players trying to hit singles, doubles, or just at least make contact so that or their speed could make up the difference. These days, yeah. Everybody's swinging for the fences, and if if, if the, the ball lie where they where it may lie, but they're not trying to intentionally hit a single or hit a double or pull it the opposite way. They're trying to hit home runs every at bat. And that's season one. I think they should go away from that. That's not that's not winning baseball to me. But hey, I don't watch baseball as, as much as I used to. Um, but I don't think I don't see how that works. 
I don't think, I don't think that's a winning formula. Yes, you don't watch baseball that much, but you hit the issue right on the head. At least the issue for my New York Yankees. Last year, the issue for us was that all we did was hit home runs. That's all we did. We didn't get any other type of hit. Miguel Duar, he was a good just hitter. Gary Sanchez, he's supposed to be a great hitter, but last year he was just having a terrible year. And then, you know, Stanton and Judge, all they do is hit home runs. Everyone else didn't do that. That's why one of the reasons I wanted to get Machado was because he's just a great hitter. If we get more great hitters on the team, the Yankees will do better. Because last year, the only reason why Red Sox beat us was because they had great hitters. They would get different things. They would get singles. They'll just keep knocking you down one head at a time instead of trying to get everything all at one swing. And that's the thing that's wrong with the Yankees. They have to learn how to just get regular hits. We don't always need a home run. We don't need the big flashy hit. We just need a good hit. That's all we need. D.D. Gregoria. D.D. Gregoria, he could hit the ball too. But he he's another one that was just home run too after a while. It was just like all of them was just hitting home runs. Gary Sanchez, home run or bust. Like, no. Like I said, we just need good hitters. Like Miguel Cabrera in his heyday, he was a good hitter. That's the thing for the game is getting on base. If you get on base, those people that you want to hit all those home runs, they got more RBIs coming in. I like the part where if you hit home runs, you get yeah, you get that point. But if you have people at bat and you just hitting, you got three people on base. Uh, um, I'd rather get a double and bring them in and still have people on base to continue the momentum. With a home run, it's just like, oh, boom. The whole base are uh, empty now. But if you can get like a single, somebody, one person comes in. A double, two people come in. So on and so forth. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how Boston beat the Yankees, and that's that's the reason why the Yankees need to fix that. I, that's like I said, that's why I wanted to get Machado because Machado is just a good hitter, so he's not gonna do anything. He's gonna do something in San Diego, but it's not gonna amount to much. Nah. <laughs> so I don't understand. I don't I still understand why baseball likes these long contracts. They make no sense to me. They 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 have proven to never work, but yet that's that's why that's why I think baseball. It was like man. I don't, they understand that these these never work, but you have to. They've already set the precedent, so it's hard to go back, backwards. You always yes. gotta keep it going forward, and it's already the precedent's already been set that you can give these long contracts. But they don't want it. That's why it took so long for these players to get signed, because they don't want to give those long contracts anymore. Like like I said last week, Bryce Harper. I don't understand his his his, his thought process and taking twenty five a year for thirteen years instead of playing with somebody the Dodgers who've been to the World Series two back-to-back years, you then paying you $45 million over four years. Well, I don't understand, I don't understand that, that thought process. But hey, I'm neither here nor there. I just, I just neither here nor there. Um, yeah, because speak, but, it never worked. Like these long, these 10-year contracts don't ever work. Yeah, but maybe this one will work for Bryce Harper because now he's trying to recruit Mike Trout to come to the Philadelphia Phillies next season when he becomes a free agent that so they could they could market them that that would be a better way to market their best player with i think what well, is bryce harper like a top five player right yeah he's probably like top five he, he's probably five. top five yeah so you have your best player with another stars. top five two stars but but the dude in the in the angels um what's his name mike, again mike trout mike trout he's not he's not really a star star he's just nice you don't yeah. want the limelight. I'm not mad at that. But they could pair him up like uh, Bass Brothers, like Mark McGuire 
and Sammy uh, uh, McGuire and Jose Canseco. They could pair them up like as if they were the Bash Brothers. You see what I'm saying? And market yeah. that, and maybe they could bring more eyeballs to baseball and make it more popular. Because truth be told, baseball they don't really have players that's like above the game or that are transcendent. They don't have nobody like that. Like back in the day when they had Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. They were above the game. You see what I'm saying? They don't have that anymore. The last one was A-Rod. To be honest, the last like person that was above the game was, in my opinion, was A-Rod. It hasn't yeah, been someone at there. Set up being on, um, getting caught so many damn times. Yeah. Yes, Bryce Harper's wrong for like tampering and saying that he wants Mike Trout on his team, but who cares? Baseball needs them, needs some star power on the field. They need something to attract the audience. If you get Bryce Harper and Mike Trout on the same team, that will attract an audience. Philadelphia is a major city, so having him in Philadelphia would make Philadelphia better and it would make baseball better at the end of the day. The Philadelphia Phillies have a nice young squad. They got my pitcher, my relief pitcher, Dave Robinson. I'm so pissed off about that. Yankees, why don't you sign that man back? But they got him. And they have some other nice pieces on that team. So if you could somehow get Mike Trout on that team to go with Bryce Harper, I say do it. Bryce Harper, tamper away. Baseball's boring. Get some energy in there. You and Mike Trout will do wonders together. Let's make it happen, man. The Angels ain't doing nothing anyway. Albert Pujols was a wasteful contract. I know they got Shohei Otani, but they had him last year and still they didn't make the playoffs. Mike Trout, be a winner and go and join Bryce Harper at the end of the day. All right. Have fun with him. And obviously, as good as he is, he's not good enough to be the guy on a team to make them respectable. They suck. <laughs> but baseball, baseball is hard for one player. No, no it's, I don't know. Because Barry Bonds is the only real player I knew on those San Francisco Giant teams. Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent. They had some, everybody else played a role. Someone's really going to have to explain to me what's going on with Al Pujols. Because you, at least two good players in your team, you could make it to the playoffs. Al Pujols, what the hell is going on? You can't be this bad. You can't be. The Angels can't be this bad. Like, how can this man be in the running for a triple crown every year? Every year we always hear Mike Trout's the guy. He's always the guy. He's the best player in the Major League Baseball. But his team never even sniffs a playoff. Never even sniffs it. I've never seen. I've never even heard since Mike Trout's been in the league. I don't remember the last time I heard the Angels in the playoff hunt or in the wild card chase. I don't remember it. It's a shame. It really is. A really a crying shame that this man's never played us. Mike Trout, get out. Get out. Get out. So I'm telling you right now, just get out. Just get out of Los Angeles. Go somewhere else where you can win something. So you don't just go down as a player that just, just gets numbers, man. Leave. But anyway, moving on. Some more baseball topics. King Felix and Clayton Kershaw. Those two guys, man, some of the best pitchers from this past like decade in baseball. They're not looking good. They're not going to be starting opening day. Kershaw's hurt. King Felix, he's old. Last year, he had a terrible year. I just think Keith Felix needs to go to a team where he can rejuvenate his career and he can have a turnaround like Justin Verlander did. Justin Verlander was wasting his career away in Detroit. He finally got to the Astros and he turned it up. So I think that's what my man King Felix needs to do. Come to the Yankees, King Felix. Rejuvenate your career here in New York, man. We got you. Yeah, you know, your whole perspective is different once you get a uh, when you're actually on a team that actually has a chance to win. It's not like you're just going through the motions. It, it's, it, it makes a it plays dividends. That's it for baseball. Nice talking about baseball for a little bit. 
we'll be talking about more in the future so now that the season's about to start but i am i am dreading the time of year when there's no basketball and there's no football and there's only baseball i'm not gonna lie i'm dreading that shit. but it's the work <laughs> Let's talk some NFL football now. Oh, man, where should we start? I say let's start with David Irving and his little issue he has with the marijuana. Oh, man, 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 man. What to say? He got caught in his, with his hand in the cookie jar again. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for players. Should have the right to be able to smoke as opposed to um, taking all these pills and injections that the team wants to force on them. At the end of the day, it's all drugs. They're all drugs at the end of the day. Yep. Now, weed is natural. It's from the earth. These other drugs, they're made in factories or in um, um, in some lab or something that they stick in you, and you come and find out years later they had all these side effects that you weren't expecting, but you were, they were pumping you up. Uh, week after week after week with these drugs. So the, the mere failure. fact that is a is a natural way to as uh, a stress reliever, a pain reliever, so on and, and such. By all means, you should be able to smoke. But in the same breath, if you know it's against the rules, you know they're gonna test you. You because I'm quite sure there are tons of people in the NFL that smoke during uh, during the season. But they're smart enough not to get caught. They're not reckless. And now this dude wants to come out like, oh, I'm quitting the NFL because they test for, they don't allow us to smoke weed. Why weren't you on the same soapbox before you got caught, before you got popped? Then I can say, okay, you know what? You, you make, you're doing this for good reason. Or, you know, I'm taking a stand. No, the only reason you're doing this is because you got caught for like the umpteenth time. You probably got tired. You was like, nigga, I'm never gonna pass this test. So my other quit. But 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 wait, that's what I'm saying. There are <laughs> individuals in the NFL that smoke weed too. They just don't get caught because they because you know because when you don't get caught, now it's probably different for him because he's been caught before, so he probably gets more random tests. But yeah. you know, between the this time and that time, I, I shouldn't be smoking. And after that, this this specific stretch of time. Smoke till your damn eyes turn bloodshot red, which they do which tends to happen. And then and be done with it. Because you're not only are you affecting yourself, you're affecting your family. And whoever and, and whoever else depends on you, uh, because you're a multimillionaire, you're a business, you're a brand. And they're associated with your brand. You said and you're affecting not. not only yourself, but them because you don't have the the restraint power. Unless unless you're addicted to it. Um, which I don't think you really can get addicted to weed. I guess to an extent you can, but if it, if, if it was I smoke weed, I'm a weed smoker. If you told me you gonna give me a million dollars to stop smoking weed today, I'm smoking weed, goddamn today. It, it wouldn't even be a problem for me. So if you're if you're still doing this in the face of losing your entire career, you just don't care, and that's the sad part. 
I don't know if I would say he doesn't care, but he's dumb. I won't give him that. He is dumb for doing this. The main reason probably he's doing this is because he got caught again, which is obvious. He got caught and he didn't want to face another suspension. So he said, fuck it. I don't want to be a part of this league anymore anyway. But I understand why he doesn't want to be a part of the league too, because he's basically saying like, oh, I'm smoking this weed because I'm playing this sport. Like, I need to recover. I feel like crap at that play on Sunday or I play on Thursday. My body feels like shit. This helps me recover so I can come play on your field and come give you all I got for your team. But you telling me I can't smoke this weed because of what again? Because it's, I don't know. Why are you telling me I can't smoke this weed? Because you want me to take these prescription drugs that can give me kidney failure, that can give me all these other type of diseases, maybe addicted to opioids, oxycontin, and all that other stuff. I don't want to be addicted to that. It's an opioid epidemic. Why would I want to be a part of that? I want to take something that works for me. And him saying that he gets concussions and he gets in car accidents, he won't even know where he's at. Like, I feel for the guy. Do I feel for him because he failed, because he failed a drug test? No, I feel for him because of why his reasoning of why he's taking the marijuana and if that makes him feel better then i say let him take the let him take it just let him take it man and those other leagues the aff and the xfl you know a good way to attract some more players to your leagues and maybe some good players to your league make marijuana legal so these players can recover and they have to take all these prescription drugs because at the end of the day y'all treating these people like guinea pigs pumping them full of all these opioids and all these other painkillers and then all it does is kill them at the end of the day because become dependent on it and they die basically because it ruins their insides it's ruining their body so i say david Irvin, keep your head up i hope everything works out for you I just hope everything works out for you, man. I just hope everything works out for you. It's sad that you're not a millionaire right now. You got to basically go and check the check. And it's kind of your fault as well because, hey, my guy, like, you've been getting suspended. If you didn't get suspended all these times, you would have been a millionaire. But you missing all this time, you're not going to be a millionaire. You're going to be a thousandaire. So I get it. Either way, I hope you just you do fine and you figure out something else for yourself and for the near future. Yeah, that, 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 uh, you know, take that's the stance, so hypocrite. Cause they they they'll push alcohol, they promote it in, in in a whole nine. And in my opinion, alcohol is more dangerous than weed is. It is. It kills, it kills way more people than weed does. Yeah, that's why I felt it when he said when he said he he has concussions and he got into car accidents. I was like, damn. Like I don't blame him. Like if you having concussions and you get into car accidents, you feel all this type of way, and it's, you feel like your mental is all fucked up, and weed is helping you, by all means, smoke the weed, smoke all the weed that you want, because I get it. You playing football. You need whatever you can get. And for the opponents who are against their uh, making adjustments to the weed rule and maybe just not testing for it anymore, like, uh, i.e. Stephen A. Smith, because he's on, like, oh, I don't want my players uh, being able to be intoxicated or to be inebriated in any way coming to the games this that and the third but you're not saying of course you're not supposed to be being high or drunk during the games even though there are players who've admitted to it i.e clinton portis um before a game you're, if then you're, at the end of the day if you're doing that that means you don't care you're putting yourself at risk and then yeah. you're gonna hurt your money at the end of the day so i don't think nobody's foolish enough to be going to the game high or drunk in the game. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So all you got to do is make an adjustment. You can uh, frown uh, upon smoking weed in the whole nine. But just 
we could get fined for uh, getting popped for weed, not lose games or be banned from the league, not for weed. You see what I'm saying? Um, this yeah. basically makes some kind of adjustment to this because the weed is just uh, more so. It, it, they find out more and more. It's not just that the people, uh, the the guys in the NFL just want to smoke weed just for smoking weed's sake. It's to actually help them, assist them in this brutal game that you pay them to do and perform for you week in and week out during football season. So it, and not it be guaranteed money. Exactly. And not be guaranteed money. Safely, you have to make these niggas basically play on non-guaranteed contracts and you want to put their life on the line and do all the other stuff, but you won't let them do something that actually helps them go out there on the football field and feel better for you. But you're going to keep giving them suspensions for it? Now, I get it. Stephen A. Smith, he may, I know he says, stay off the weed, but who cares? I hate that crap that he does. Yeah, I'm not following Stephen A. either with that because honestly, who's going to come to the game high like that? I don't see players just coming to game high and I just feel like NFL just needs to make marijuana, at least medical use of marijuana, legal for these players, especially if you hurt. If you hurt and you need some weed, give them the goddamn weed. Stop playing around with them. And that's it. Just give them the weed. That's it. That's the thing, though. Every game, your body is, is going through it. Imagine the offensive lineman, the defensive lineman. Every game is, is a collision. Everybody on the field not always getting hit, like a quarterback. Sometimes even a wide receiver. They're not always getting hit. But so every game is not, not necessarily have to be injury. It could just be that your body hurts. Exactly. I agree with you. And Stephen A. Smith is wrong, in my opinion. Only way someone's going to come to the game high is if they always been smoking weed before the game and they just used to it. They're not just going to pick it up randomly and start smoking before the game. No, no one's going to do that. The NFL just needs to be more progressive. They need to be think like a Democrat. Think like the NBA. Be more progressive. Even though the NBA has made weed legal, be one step ahead of the NBA. Look more progressive than them and make weed legal, especially for your sport. You need it. At least make CBD legal. The other stuff that's not THC, make that legal at least. Right. If they ball out, so be it. If they fail and fall out, or fall on their face, then they have they got to accept the consequences, like anything else in life. Yeah, that's what you have to do. No, they're, not, they're, not, of- they're not asking. They're not asking the NFL to promote smoking weed, but don't knock me. Don't knock us down for smoking it either. And then, like you said, promote beer and shit like that. No, if you're gonna say get all these illegal products out of the thing that affect people. Then get rid of all of it. Take away your beer sponsorships, all that crap. If you really think that it's really affected people, I don't think they're ever going to do that. But once again, Dave Irvin, I wish you all the best. Hope everything works out for you. Hope you find another job somewhere else. Again, AFF and XFL, go sign that man. Make weed legal. Come on now. And let's talk about Kyler Murray now. As you guys probably already heard, Kyler Murray is going to be the number one pick for the Arizona Cardinals. That's what everyone is saying. Everyone's saying that the Cardinals are going to get rid of Josh Rosen and Cliff Kingsbury wants Kyler Murray to be the quarterback. But as usual, what goes on during the draft process around this time after the combine, we always get the story about the black quarterback and how he doesn't do good in the classroom with learning plays and stuff like that. He's not the best of leaders. All this typical stuff, the athleticism, all he could do is run. Like basically the typical stuff they say about black quarterbacks. How you feel about all this, Andre? Uh, same story, different day. Um, or they talk about how they rely on the on their athleticism too much. Um, but I always say, like, why don't you just look at the tape? What did the tape show? What did their coaches say about them? Do they understand 
the X's and O's. Everybody can't be Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? Like you, it, True. Like last year, they, it was Lamar Jackson who had to deal with this. Yeah. Um, way back when, uh, Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon, Michael Vick. It, it goes on and on about how... Now, don't get me wrong. It has progressed to a point where now... I think it was like five black quarterbacks in, in the playoffs this year, this past year. So it shows that black quarterbacks are being more appreciated than they were in the past. But it's the same stuff that they were going through back then. They're still going through now. So basically, when there are people out there who are just paid to break players down, run them through the mud, and don't say nothing good about them. All they're there is to find the negative about them to break them down, to build them back up. Especially these anonymous so like, scouts. Like, yeah, the scouts, anonymous scouts. So basically, as, as sure as shit stinks, they found somebody to talk something bad about Kyler Murray because all everything has been good. The only thing bad thing people have been saying about him is his height. And when they found out his height was um, 5'10", like, oh, what else can we say bad about him? So they went back and said, oh, bag of tricks. Oh, he's not smart enough. Oh, he don't understand the plays. Oh, he's not a leader. When the dude has never lost a game in high school, I think he's undefeated in high school. I don't think I think he's probably lost in in um college football. Yeah, he but lost not Texas. Much. Yeah, but not much. Um, the dude is a proven winner. It's all he's done has won to this point. Can't tell me that if a person all they do is win where they're at, that they're not a good leader. They might be the they may not be the best leader, but they are a leader nonetheless. This, 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 like everything else, there's stages to it. There's levels to it. And say you don't understand the playbook, like you, like I seen Jared Goff who who froze up in the lights when the, his system will allow his coach to tell him what plays to do next. He's doing just fine in the NFL, so it doesn't yeah. matter. So the old, those, they just go and resorting back to their old habits to try to downgrade the quarterback, specifically black quarterbacks. It's a handbook. Oh, these are the go-to things to say about black quarterbacks to reduce their draft stock. Yeah, that's the same thing I thought when I heard all this anonymous scouts about Kyler Murray. They even tried to say his height was inflated. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just feel like Kyler Murray. Height? Is, you, that's his height. Do you have, have lifts in his sneakers? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. They tell you take your sneakers off. I don't know. I, they will look for anything to say about him. Maybe they're just doing this. Maybe it's maybe one of those Arizona scouts. They're doing it so no one else will try to come and get him. I don't know. Who who knows what, what's going on? He's probably he's gonna be the number one pick. If everyone's talking about it, he's gonna probably gonna be the number one pick. And to me, I feel bad for Josh Rosen. Because Josh Rosen, he deserved more of a chance, even though he didn't really do that much last year. A team I think he should be looking to go to, though. If I was him, I would want to go to the to the Patriots. Just go there, be Tom Brady's backup for these. Last few years, learn under him, learn under um, Bill Belichick. And when once Tom Brady's ready to go off in the sunset, Bill Belichick has his new quarterback of the future for another 16, 18 years, just like he had with Tom Brady. I think that would be best for Josh Rosen because I really don't see any other team they can go to and he'll be successful. I mean, the Giants, but the, if the Giants get Dwayne Haskins, they're not going to need Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, just look at this as a box in disguise at the end of the day. You're going to get to go to a different team that probably has more weapons. Right now, all you have is Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. That's not enough. That's not going to beat nobody. And you don't have an offense line. You look very pedestrian on that team. 
Kev Kingsbury, he needs more of a mobile quarterback. Kyler Murray fits that mold, and he runs the same type of offense as Lincoln Riley did. So it fits more what Kyler Murray wants to do, and Kyler Murray will be able to stand behind that pocket because he could run around. You couldn't run around. Like, you look bad. So just go to the team that has a better offense line and do you, and you can live up to that promise that you made. You're going to make all those teams regret giving up on you and passing up on you. Make them regret it, man. I believe you can make them regret it. So, Josh Rosen, keep your head up. But for now, I don't know what your future holds. He'll be holding the clipboard pretty soon. Because mine, he don't need to play football. His family comes from money. He comes from money. He's doing it because he wants to at this moment in time. Yeah, that's what I said. Hopefully, he gets traded to a team like the Patriots. You don't want to get traded to, like, the Raiders or the Jaguars. You want to go to a team that has, like, an established quarterback you can learn from. And once they're gone, it's your team, and you could step in and do what you need to do. But him going to the team and starting right now, I think it's the worst thing for him. Go to a team that's had an established quarterback and learn, and he'll be fine. Some other news that's going on in the NFL. We finally found out what the hell was wrong with Todd Gurley. Apparently, he has arthritis in his left knee, and that's the reason why he didn't look the same during the last couple games of the season against the Saints and the Patriots. So you think that's a decent excuse for you? Because for me, I was wondering, you're going to have to talk about this a little more. If you were going to kill Bill Belichick for not having Malcolm Butler out there, you got to kill Sean McVay for not having um, Tiger out there since we didn't have an excuse before. We had to figure out what the hell was going on. But now, since we know, how do you feel about this excuse and how you feel about Todd Gurley moving forward? Uh, it makes sense because he was playing spectacular uh, during the regular season and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Um, yeah. Now, I heard it's, he's pretty young to be getting this in his knee, so that's uh, something to be worried about. Hopefully not too worried about. Maybe something he could do being that he still is young, but I heard that um, arthritis, once it's there, is there. I'm not sure if there's a way to get rid of it. Maybe he'll get some, um, do uh, do what Kobe did and get some um, some blood stem cells or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it, it hurts the running back market more so than anything else because they paid Ty Gurley this obscene amount of money for a running back. And then comes playoff times, he was nowhere to be found. So he has to redeem himself on that one. But it actually hurts like, say, a person like Le'Veon Bell from getting his money. Because um, they just say, oh, they're just going to be like, look, look, look what happened to Todd Gurley. He got his money. And then they paid another a no-name running back, C.J. Anderson. Not a no-name, but not on the same status of Todd Gurley. And he still contributed in a big way for the Rams. And they had to pay him basically next to nothing. Yeah, that's who I really feel bad for, too. The other running backs that are trying to get their money, like Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. Like, those two guys are going to be affected because... Tiger is supposed to be the benchmark. Tiger really showed up and played hard and showed that he was worth the money. All these other running backs like Zeke, well, the top-tier running backs like Zeke and Le'Veon Bell, they were going to get paid. Now it's going to be up in the air. But I'm glad to find out that it was something physically wrong with Todd Gurley. It wasn't anything mentally. Because if it was something mental, I'll be a little bit afraid, and I'll definitely think that giving him that money was bad. Because I'm glad to know he didn't choke. Because if he would have choked, it would have been something mental. It would have been something completely different. You got to take that money away. You got to trade that, man. But being something physical, hopefully he goes to Germany like Kobe did, like Andre said, and he gets his knee fits. And I know his knee is messed up because he tore his left ACL, and that's the same knee as he has arthritis in. So hopefully he can just recover and come back stronger next year and be healthy for all 19 games possibly or 18 games. If the Rams get a first round by, they won't have to pay only 18 games. If they don't, they have to play 19 games. Hopefully Ty Gurley can stay healthy for most of that 
or they find a second running back that can spell him and save his legs for the playoffs when they really need him. We don't need him early on in the season. All those touchdowns are nice, but honestly, I need him for my fantasy team. So, Todd, if you could get back for my fantasy team, please get back. But other than that, Todd, just wish you the best. Get healthy soon, man. But the Rams did get make a good move this offseason, though, so far. One of their first moves, they signed Eric Weddle, which was a great move, in my opinion, getting him as your safety. I know they had Mark Barron, and they had LaMarcus Joyner as their safeties. But to me, they weren't really like safeties. Eric Weddle, he can cover. He can. He's a smart guy. He's like he's basically a quarterback on the on the defensive side of the floor. See, he come in the box. Side of thing. He can step up in the box if need be. Yeah, um, he does move. It shows up there secondary for because that was a, a problem at some point too. Um, I don't think, I don't, they probably won't be able to keep uh, Dominic and Sue, but that's definitely a good pickup to start off uh, the the new the new NFL great year. Pick. A great pickup for them. What else? Well, right now, let's talk about Antonio Brown, though. Yep, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, he was supposed to be traded on Friday. He said, they said those reports. I was surprised about this. Thursday night, I was looking. I was on Instagram just scrolling. Then I saw ABs going to the Bills. And I was like, oh, hell no. Don't do that to that man. Don't make him go play with Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman. Well, Peterman's on the Raiders now. That's why it happened. I ain't going. I I ain't going to the Bills. goddammit. I wouldn't want to go to the Bills either. What's on the Bills? All they have is LaShawn McCoy. That's it. That's it, and that's all. We wasting away in Buffalo. It's a shame. Wasting, wasting. I heard, I heard the Raiders trying to get AB uh, out there. I will hope to have AB. I don't see how it will happen because we do got a whole bunch of first round picks. Is AB worth a first round pick? Sure. Um, yeah. but we got like you could take a a, a proven commodity. Or unproven commodity, so I, I I will definitely trade a first round pick uh, for AB in that case, because I, I, God knows the Raiders need something good to happen for them. Just God knows at this point, <laughs> I, I can't. I'm still mad we got John Gruden as the head coach, but he's more of a figurehead, uh, more of a face for the, the the transition to Las Vegas. They needed somebody, and he's just the, he's the guy. Shit, a hundred million dollars. He better be the guy. He gotta get it together real quick, because Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback. He's not the best, but he, he could get the ball to AB. Hopefully, I would think. Because if not, that's gonna be a bad situation. Um, <laughs> now the, the Patriots would be another good place to get traded, because you know they don't really need their first round pick. And um, but of course, that's why we're still is trade AB to the to the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. He's not definitely not going to no Patriots. The Raiders, I can see that happening. The Raiders, it could go one or two ways. Either it's going to go beautifully between him and Derek Carr, and it's going to be like that one and two connection that him and Ben Roethlisberger used to have, or it's going to go how it went for Randy Moss. It's basically going to be like the two dormant years where he just sucks, and then hopefully gets traded in a year or two to a good team until he can revive his career and show he still has it. But my personal teams that I think AB should go to or should be going after Antonio Brown. And I want to I want to get your opinion on this. I think the Carolina Panthers, you put Cam Newton and Antonio Brown together, those two personalities, that will bring some energy to North Carolina. That team will have the most swag. You got Superman and Boomin. Come on right now. That would be a great team. And the other team, they have some money this offseason. My other team is the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre um, Hopkins, and Antonio Brown on the same team. 
I think those two plays would be great because you have not only do you have quarterbacks, you have black quarterbacks who I think AB would respect more because they come from basically the same type of background a little bit. I think one of his issues with Big Ben is that he doesn't connect with Big Ben. I think he'll be able to connect with Deshaun Watson, be able to connect with Cam Newton better because they've come from that. They come basically come from the same background. They both, they all that, they all have that cockiness to them, that like confidence that you need on a football team. You put those that energy together, those two teams will benefit from having A B on them. Now, I'm not mad at the at the Carolina one, because uh, God knows they've been waiting for a wide receiver since Steve Smith was gone to come out to Carolina. They got a McCaffrey out there. It's a bad white boy. And you know what Cam's going to do. Um, he And he could get the ball out there to him. Now, how accurate he will be, that's one thing. Because Ben Roethlisberger, um, for as much as I, I'm not a fan of his, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And yeah. you can't you can't deny that. So it's hopefully Cam could be accurate. I know he got the issues with his shoulder. As long as he could be accurate with the ball, that should be, that would be a good, a good spot for A.B. to land. Now, the Houston Texans, um, that would be a great spot. Now, I was thinking more of so Le'Veon Bell going to Houston Texans to team up with Hopkins and Deshaun Watson, and that would be formidable as well. That would be good as well. But I want, I want Le'Veon Bell to go to the Jets, so you can't have him just yet. I can get Jordan Howard or something. But um, uh, I think you're right. He has to be accurate with the ball. With um Cam Newton, but Sean Watson could definitely get him the ball. Sean Watson could. Like, they had that leadership quality. Cam Newton and, and Deshaun Watson have that same type of the same type of swagger that what's the name has that Antonio Brown has that talking swagger that that trash talk that bravado yeah. all that stuff. If you put those that, that energy together, those two teams would really be better off with, with those guys. And Cam Newton, the Carolina Panthers have been trying to prove to me that Devin Funch is a number one receiver for God knows how long. And I've been trying to tell him that he is not a number one receiver. He's a good number two, possibly, but he is not a number one for Cam Newton. I understand Kelvin Belgian the same thing. Just get Cam Newton a solid number one receiver. And I guarantee you the guy they got last year, DJ Moore, he will start looking better. If Greg Olson comes back, it will help his game out more because the defense won't be keen on him. You're going to have to double Antonio Brown. So everyone else is going to be one across the board. And then... You got McCaffrey coming out the backfield, catching passes, or running the ball. You still got Cam Newton threatening to run the ball. That'll give that offense more firepower. Because last year, the offense wasn't looking too good. Even when Cam was healthy, it wasn't looking too good because they couldn't get the ball downfield because they don't have the weapons on the outside. They have no one that could just get open all the time. Antonio Brown can get open often. And the owner now of the Panthers, they used to be the minority owner of the Steelers. So why not? It all works out. If he was a minority owner, he knows about Antonio Brown. So I say, Carolina, go get him. Or Houston. I won't be mad at any of those two destinations for him because I think both teams, if they got him, Antonio Brown would do work with them. I'm not mad at that at all. Now that I think about it, I didn't know that owner, you know, he's a progressive owner at that. Um, and, may, and then I don't, it be, might not be to the point where Cam is like in a big, big Ben situation talking about, oh, I, it's me and then everybody else. Nah. I know that definitely wouldn't happen in Houston because Sean Watson, he ain't he been in the lead that long. And Cam, it may happen with Cam, but I don't think, I, I think Cam would be so happy to have, finally have a number one receiver. He would just, that, that would go out the window real quick. But in closing on this A-B topic, all those other teams, I don't see it happening. Like I told you, the Patriots, nah. The Raiders, 
as long as they got John Gruden, uh, the Raiders are going to fail. I'm sorry to say it, but as long as John Gruden is our head coach, hmm. the Raiders ain't doing nothing. Hmm. Hope, hope you prove me wrong. Him in um, Las Vegas will be perfect for Antonio Brown, though. That's just saying. He built for Las Vegas. Yep. With a spotlight. He wants that. Some other news that was out there. Old Dell Beckham Jr., they saying that he might get traded. And one of the top teams to get him is the 49ers. I don't get what, what the Giants are doing because they also traded Olivier Vernon to the to the Browns for offensive line help. That was a good move. He's going to cost a lot of money. He wasn't playing up to his level that he usually played at when he was in Miami. So I understand why they wanted to get rid of him. And it was good that they got offensive line help. The Giants also going to let... Landon Collins become a free agent. They're not going to franchise tag him. So how do you feel about what the Giants are doing? It was smart for Olivia Vernon. They get a fresh start. They get an uh, offensive line help that they desperately need. Olivia Vernon gets to play across from Miles Garrett. That's going to be good. For, that's a win-win for both of them. Landon Collins, I don't understand that. If they knew he wasn't going to sign back, they should have traded him and got something for him during the season. Now that it's not, he's just going to walk for nothing. They didn't even franchise him or nothing. They're going to let him walk. He's a good, he's a good, I'm not saying he's not the best, uh, safety, but he's a good safety. He's one. Of, he's one of the better ones. Now, I don't know how he is in coverage as much. Um, I know he's, he's more terrible. so used as he's terrible because he's, he's more so used as like a run stopper, put him in the box type uh, safety. He's not Asha's like that. He's, he's no Ed Reed. I see yeah, that. Not Ed Reed. No, he's not Ed Reed. They're making some moves. Hope, hopefully, they do pick Haskins first in the first round because that shows that that'll put Eli on notice and. Because Eli's probably gonna get the the nod and let him know like this is like your last season. We got you. We got your replacement right now, and and assure up their offensive line a little bit more. And the Giants might be able to do something. Giants, yes, I I understand why they got rid of um Landon Collins. They say he's not that great in coverage. I shouldn't have said he's terrible at coverage. He's not the greatest when it comes to being in coverage and covering like tight ends and stuff like that. So I understand why they got rid of him. He's more of like a hybrid like one of those safeties who play more linebacker so i understand it but they could have got a first round pick for him during the all season it was reported that he that he was able to offer the first round pick for him during um before the trade deadline was over but they didn't take it but now they wait until the all season and they're just gonna let him walk for free so that makes me question david gettleman what what the hell he's doing with this team you want to get rid of Landon Collins? cool but at least get something for him like you said earlier well, that made zero sense to me. The Olivier Vernon trade, like I said, he wasn't really doing much for the Giants. So I understood that. Get some more offensive line help. That will help Eli out if you're going to bring him back. I don't know why you would, but if you are, he's going to need offensive line help because he know he ain't going to escape the pressure. So you better hope the offensive line guard um, holds up the line for at least three seconds so he can get the ball out of his hand. And then the whole Odell Beckham Jr. thing. They better not trade Odell Beckham why, why sign him for all that and to, to trade him? I don't understand that whatsoever. They better not. They better not trade Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. If it comes down between Odell and Eli Manning, you better get rid of that $23 million worth of salary. I don't care if you have to take a cap hit. Get rid of that salary and keep Odell Beckham Jr. and go get him a quarterback that can get him the ball. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to win anything with Eli anymore. You're not. You have if you have Eli and no Odell Beckham Jr., you just have I don't even know what you have the Jaguars basically. You're gonna be terrible. You're gonna be terrible. You're already terrible with with Odell Beckham and Eli. Imagine Eli's uh, Odell Beckham Jr. saved Eli's career, and now you're gonna get rid of him. 
You think Saquon Barkley's gonna help his career? Come on now. Get rid of get rid of Eli and keep Odell Beckham Jr. Do not trade him to the 49ers. Do not trade him to any other team. Do okay. definitely don't trade him to the okay. Patriots. Trying to get him. I swear, if they trade Odell Beckham Jr. to the Patriots, Lord have mercy. I'm convinced someone in the league wants the Patriots win. Someone in the league wants the Patriots and Tom Brady to succeed. They want to hate all they want. I know they want to see if you trade Odell Beckham Jr. to them. I see Odell on Instagram liking all Tom Brady's pictures, commenting all underneath him like a little groupie. Ugh. I swear to God, the Giants better not trade him. Giants fans, I feel so bad for you. You just signed this man, and your team's already talking about trading him. It's okay, Giants fans. It's okay. The Jets used to be this dysfunctional. We start, we still are a little dysfunctional. We starting to turn it around. Come be a Jets fan. We starting to turn it around. Our draft might look good. So come be a Jet fan. Giants fans, you deserve better. You deserve better. <laughs> Well, let's get to some quick topics in the NFL. The Broncos, they signed Case Keenum. How do you feel about that, Andre? Um, They had pretty much the same quarterback. They had, <laughs> you can't keep both of them, so you got to get rid of one. The, the, and the Redskins were in need of one. So it, it works out, and Case Keenum is going to have a real opportunity to start in um, Washington. And so I'm, I'm quite sure he's happy about that. He don't want to be a backup. Not just not to know Joe Flacco, and the Broncos, they got Joe Flacco, the one of the, the worst quarterback by numbers in the league, ever since he won that Super Bowl. So I don't know what John Elway is doing. I don't know what he's looking for, or he's just biding time. But um, I guess it, it works out for both parties in the long run. Um, but neither team got better from the trade. John Elway stayed trying to find the Nets him, and he can't find him. He tried it with Passing Lynch, Trevor Simeon. He sucks at be- picking quarterbacks. The only quarterback he picked was Payne Manning, and that was easy. He sucks at picking quarterbacks. And Case Keenum, ugh, I don't understand why the Redskins keep getting these quarterbacks. And honestly, I want to know when they're going to fire um, that Gruden. What's his name? I know it's uh, not John. Is it Jim? Like Jim or Jake or some white ass name. <laughs> Both the Gruders need to be fired. <laughs> These Gruden, like I'm like I don't understand why you Jake. I think it's Jay Gruden. I, I think it is. Jay, Jay yeah, Jay. It's Jay Gruden. Jay, Jay Gruden. Gruden. Why do they still have him? I just don't know. They were better off with Colt McCoy to be honest. Instead of getting Case Keenum, I think it was a waste of a trade. Broncos, they should just release Case Keenum. But but if you find a trade partner like the Redskins, who's willing to give up a draft pick for Case Keenum, well. Good for you. Case Keenum, I don't think he's going to do anything this year. Redskins are going to be terrible as they always are. They're not, actually not going to be terrible. They're always going to be good in the beginning of the year. They're going to make you think they still they still got it. And then at the end of the year, they're going to tail off. And then maybe their quarterback gets hurt. Not going to win. Not Alex Smith again, hopefully God. But something's going to happen. Then they're going to fall off. And they're going to be the final team in the AFC, the NFC East, doing absolutely nothing. And Case Keenum, he's the quarterback that you get when you don't have a quarterback and you need uh, somebody to fill in for that year. So you find he's a filling, he's a filling quarterback. So, so I guess the Redskins did a good job then since if that, if that's what Case Keenum is there for. That's, that's, that's how I see him. He's a filling. Or they could be using him, let him start a couple games. He's probably going to lose most of his games, decreases their record. And next year when, um, when Tua Tonga-Valoa comes out in the draft, they'll go get him as their quarterback. That's the only reason why I could bring in Case Keenum so he could lose for me and then I could go get a good quarterback in the draft. That's the only reason why it would happen. 
we have an NFL rule that's being proposed by the Broncos as well. The Broncos are proposing that instead of we doing onside kicks at the end of games, during the fourth quarter, the Broncos propose that each team get one opportunity to take the ball from their 35-yard line line, and it'll have basically a fourth and 15. If they convert the fourth and 15, the team will be able to keep the ball and, you know, continue to drive and, and all that other stuff and go down for a score instead of doing an onside kick. And they can only do this after they score. They can't do it randomly throughout the whole game. They can only do it one time after they score during the fourth quarter. They have to do a fourth and, fourth and 15. If they make it, they get to keep it. If they don't, the other team takes over from where they um, failed. What do you think about that rule change? I'm usually a purist, so I would prefer to keep the the onside kick as is because it's always it's always been a lesser chance. The chance of you getting onside kick never been really been high. Nope. Now it's, it's gone even lower these past couple of years making these rule adjustments on um, special teams. But the fact that you said that you could only do it like at the end of a game in the fourth quarter, that I, I may think about it going leaning that way. It doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Uh, I'm just more so I like the original rules um, as far as the traditional rules, and I would prefer to keep it the same. But it's something to think about, though. I'm, I'm not mad at it. Now, it's funny that the, uh, Denver is the one proposing this, so they're always losing now. They, Of course, they're trying to make things easier for themselves, but hey, <laughs> you know there. Oh, man. I don't know. I, th- I think it's a pretty good rule. I'm, I wouldn't be mad if they did it or at least tried it out like during the preseason just to see how it looks because you only get one opportunity and you have to score in, o- in order for it to happen. I wonder if, it, if you could do it after a field goal too or it could just be you have to score a touchdown and then you get this opportunity. That would mm. be one thing I want to know. I'm not just going to like, oh, nah, forget that idea. It makes the game more exciting at the end of the game, so I'm not mad at it. But I would prefer the onside kick as it already is. But it's, that's definitely something new that they could add a wrinkle into the game to make it more exciting. I agree. Oh no, I think the rule change wouldn't be too bad. I think it's a actually a great idea by the Broncos. So yeah, that's it really. That was a great rule change, Broncos. Congratulations, great idea. One good idea comes out of you guys every once in a while. You definitely can't find a quarterback that's good enough. So. We usually made a good rule change that could possibly happen. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Having uh, one last play, 4th and 15. I know Orange wouldn't mind seeing it. So we're in, Broncos. We're in. But, guys, that's it for sports today. I know it's been a long journey. It's one of our longest podcasts, but I love it. I love just having a conversation with my brother. It's a great conversation. So right now, we're about to get to one of my favorite segments on the show. It's called Speak On It. It's where I get to share with you some of my favorite topics from this past week outside of the sports world. It could be entertainment, news, politics, whatever, maybe music, whatever. I'm going to share with you if I found it interesting. So let's get to it. Andre, you're going to stick around. Let's talk about some of these topics together. Um, I, 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 I want to talk about the um, Michael Jackson thing. All right, sounds like a plan. Listeners, are you ready? Because I'm ready. Let's just speak on it.
All right, so let's get into it. First topic I want to talk about is Wendy Williams. I know what you're probably thinking, ah, yada, yada. Why you want to talk about Wendy Williams? Why you want to talk about it? I know I'm just probably thinking about it right now. Why you want to talk about Wendy Williams? But I watched for one reason. What? I am thinking that. What's about Wendy Williams for, man? <laughs> because I had to. I wanted to watch it because I've been reading news articles about her, her damn show for like the past month. So I, I tuned in like a fool on Monday to see her return back to the show. And it was nothing. I expected her to talk about her drama with her husband. She didn't talk about none of that. I was really disappointed. It made me waste my goddamn morning. First 20 minutes of my 10 o'clock hour. Instead of watching first take, I watched her. I was so mm-hmm. pissed off. And she didn't talk about nothing. She just said that, oh, he was talking about her sickness. And she didn't talk about any of the things that she that her husband did. She basically said, I ain't going to talk about anything until this ring is off my finger. Until that happens, mind your business. Well, in that case, she shouldn't talk about nobody's marital issues. If you're not, if you're not gonna talk about yourself, you can't talk about other people. That's like day one. Like, how dare you talk about somebody else when the shoes on the other foot? You you want to get hush mouth and you don't want to speak on it. Um, huh? You can't do that. Like, you lose a lot of credibility by doing stuff like that. You can't move that way. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk about it because. You can't be talking about other people's lives and other people's business if you don't want to address your own. That's my only issue, Wendy. I wish her nothing but the best and all this other stuff. But I don't want to hear about Tristan Thompson and his baby mama drama with Khloe Kardashian and Jordan Woods. I don't want to hear about that from you when you got your own drama that you don't want to talk about. How are we going to trust your word when you don't want to share things about your own life and what's going on with you? You got to be transparent both ways, man. That's how it comes down to. And I wouldn't blame a faithful listener to her show to stop listening because she's not keeping it real. She's not keeping it 100. How can you listen to her? You got to keep it real, bruh, bruh. Like Patrick Beverly and Paul George said this week, you got to keep it real, bruh, bruh. Come on. I hear you. But moving on past Wendy, some other topics from this past week. We had two legends in that black community, two legends that were torn down this week. One on his own doing and his own stupid stuff, R. Kelly. And another in Michael Jackson, there was a documentary made about him where they didn't get his whole perspective. And I'm gonna preface my point by saying I did not watch the Michael Jackson documentary because I do not believe that you can have a legit documentary without having both sides of the story or not, at least having, if you're going to have this documentary about these two guys, Wade Robinson, another guy, only reason I know his name, because his name is my name, same thing, crap. But only reason why I talk about it, I'm going to talk about it is because I don't think it's right how they had a documentary and it was basically just one-sided. I don't like that. I'd rather have to see a documentary where it's, where both sides are presented or at least have the person still be alive in Michael Jackson so he could explain his side of the story instead of mm-hmm. just hearing one side of it. Well, how you right. felt about it, Andre? Oh, I got, I got a lot to say. First, <laughs> let me do the easy one with R. Kelly. Now, first and foremost, I understand it's a very serious subject about pedophilia um, and using your, your, your fame and your wealth to coerce young women who haven't grown into themselves as yet and all types of stuff. It's wrong all across the board. But that interview was pure comedy. <laughs> the it, was. it was. couldn't have done it any better. It was. It was. Now, if you, if you could put a clip of when he did that outburst 
Oh, they coming for me. I've been in the game for 30 years. Why are they doing this? You got to find that clip and put it up. Because if you don't, if you can't laugh at that, I don't know what can you laugh at. That's pure comedy. Well, when, when you point at the camera, when you huh? point at the when you point at the camera, you said, "You're killing me! You're killing yeah. me!" I got a good, healthy laugh. I got a good, some healthy laugh. A good, healthy laugh. Clip alone. I'm gonna laugh. I start laughing. Um. You, you can't help but to laugh seeing that clip, but his his PR person was wrong because you can't win for losing because you it's it, it's not conjecture it's not oh maybe he did or maybe he did it there's no he did it he married a 15 year old girl that's all I needed to know so you you uh crying or, or doing all the other foolishness about how you how you innocent and all that stuff is neither here nor there because you you should have been caught when you was pissing on that girl on that tape <laughs> straight up so now the chickens are coming home to roost on your ass nigga that's all that is so that's that's, that's, that's what i got to say on r kelly now right, this before, one, before you before you get to michael jackson i want to talk about r kelly okay before you get to michael jackson all right r kelly my opinion on r kelly though yes that interview was pure gold it was pure Everything I, I was here for, I watched every bit of it because it was hilarious. But the special they did on Friday, that shit was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, because they they made it. They, they said it was supposed to be some uh, eighty minute interview with Gail and R. Kelly. It was only ten minutes of R. Kelly, and the rest of the shit was basically surviving R. Kelly Part Seven. Like nigga, we didn't need an extra part to it. Like we wanted to hear from different people it wasn't even the same story it was like they had three people doing the same story in r kelly and it just, at the end of the, the last hour they just put it all together to make it like it seemed like it was one story it wasn't they basically i don't know if r kelly's lawyer agreed to this or if r kelly agreed to this we know he's illiterate i hope his lawyer is not illiterate too because who the hell would agree to let cbs use the clip the way they did they basically used the clip to make him look crazier to us. Nigga, I know he's crazy. I don't think he's innocent, but at least I want to see his full side of the story. I don't want to see the clips that CBS wants to show me to paint him as a bad guy. We know he's a bad guy, but show us that he's bad by showing the full clip of everything that happened between him and Gail. Don't add on to all with all the extra stuff from the, the people from the Surviving R. Kelly Dot, the parents and all this other stuff. First off, them parents, you cannot tell every everyone will give you that same dumbass excuse of oh he was acquitted so I thought it was okay nigga you saw the tape there's no way you were around at that time and didn't see the tape where this man was like Arthur said peeing on these girls and thought it was okay don't give me the bullcrap that he was acquitted OJ was acquitted but you think I'm gonna go hang around OJ and lay that night by myself hell no that nigga's a murderer just like R Kelly is a rapist and he messes with little girls. I don't care if they were acquitted. You knew there was something wrong. Come on, man. You, the parents are blamed. You only blame the parents. And I, I'm, I'm not gonna go as far as to say I know for a fact that the uh, parents were trying to, like that girl was saying, or oh, trying to blackmail R Kelly by getting him in a position where he would have to pay out some money if he didn't want to get caught doing this, that, and the third. Well, you um, can see it happening. Yeah, I could see it happening. I could see your parent, a parent pushing their child to go meet this person in hopes of getting hope and glory. Um, I.e., 
Michael Jackson and this whole situation they got going on. Yep. First and foremost, these gentlemen, to be nice, said under oath that Michael Jackson did nothing to him. Under oath. So to come out now and say that he did do something after the man is dead, mind you, that should be there should be some kind of repercussions for that. That's perjury. You lied under oath. There be some kind of repercussions for that. Um, then, multiple times, multiple times, and then you, then you say you don't want you're not doing this for money, but you writing books, you trying to uh, be seen places. You probably, obviously you may not be getting money off the rip, but you're trying to get money on the back end some kind of way. That's, that's, that's my personal opinion. Then I seen I didn't see the whole thing, but I seen the first part of surviving or leaving Neverland. I think it's called. Yeah. And I'm listening to their stories. First and foremost, the documentary is boring as shit. Oh my <laughs> goodness. It is so dry. I try. Only reason I'm watching it because I want to have their side of the story to go along with, I think, what happened based off their information and information that I looked up into. The first, I, see, I looked up the fact that Michael Jackson owned half of Sony's catalog. So he owned like the Beatles. And who I don't know, um, the Beatles. He owns uh, like all these white groups that um that they, you wouldn't think that he would have owned. And he always was telling people in interviews in the past that oh they're gonna they coming for me. They're gonna they're gonna kill me for my catalog. And as soon as he died, that whole catalog you would think it would go to his family. Nope, it went right back to Sony. So it's, it's kind of something's kind of fishy there. Um, secondly, the FBI investigated. Michael Jackson, right? Why? If the FBI is legit, like if the FBI finds something on you, it's more than likely it's, it's legit. It's true. And they come, and then on top of the fact, this is a black man with all this power. You think, tell me that the FBI, if they could find something, wouldn't have found something and put it on Michael Jackson quick, fast, in a hurry? <laughs> yeah, that's true. They would have. Then, and during and this, this, this is what did it for me. One of the the uh, accusers of Michael Jackson. Now it's gonna be a little. It's gonna be a little graphic. The he butthole said, thing. Oh my god, no. <laughs> he said, <laughs> while it was in the oh, and the, let me say, first let me get to this part. I don't. I have no clue as to why. Again, these parents are letting their children sleep in the same room with a man they only known for a couple hours. <laughs> Who's to blame then? You letting this grown man, you don't see nothing wrong with that? Because if, 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 if Michael Jackson wasn't Michael Jackson and he was uh, Michael Jackson at, um, at at uh, at some random spot, at like, I don't know, Michael Jackson at the BP gas station or Michael Jackson at Best Buy some shit like that. Michael Jackson at Target. You gonna let your kid sleep in the same bedroom with this grown-ass man? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not saying what Michael Jackson was doing was right or made sense. Uh, calling calling these, these little boys all goddamn day, talking to them about kid shit, faxing them letters and notes and shit. I don't, it's, it's, weird. it's weird shit. Don't get me wrong. You all know Michael Jackson's weird. I never said Michael Jackson ain't weird. But, but at the same time, the kid, he never had a he never had a real childhood. 
He was in a, he was in a, oh, some Benjamin Button shit. He was an adult when he was a kid, so he wanted to be a kid when he was an adult. True. You feel me? Yeah. But in the interview, one of the accusers was like, um, "Oh, first Michael Jackson was uh, he he tried to top me off. He was rubbing my balls." Lord of mercy. He was fondling my balls, and then then he then. He, uh, Michael Jackson uh, was topping me off, and then Michael Jackson wanted me to top him. I know it's it's, it's rap, <laughs> but this is, the, this, this is the thing. This is the thing. This, this is what got me and let me that this dude is lying. I'm gonna tell you. This, wait, wait for this one. So Michael Jackson. So now Michael Jackson is topping the little kid off, right? And the little and the dude he's grown now, but he said that when he was a kid. He was holding on to Michael's head. What? He was holding on to Michael's head while Michael was topping him off. Right? So he's holding on to Michael's head and he said, Oh yeah, I remember it distinctively. Michael's hair, it was so hard and coarse and nappy. And I'm thinking like a like a brillo, like a brillo pad. I'm like, hold, hold up. Wait a goddamn minute. This is no deception. It. It's Michael motherfucking Jackson. When have you ever seen Michael Jackson here looking hard and nappy? Not never. You will never see Michael Jackson with some nappy ass hair. And you want me to tell me his hair look all hard and like a Brillo pad? This nigga's lying. <laughs> Come on now. Oh my God, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, hey, bro. Um, um, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. This, oh man, that's that's some crazy ass shit. Do, do, do you brittle pet? <laughs> the hard brittle hair. The way this man has pressed permed hair. He that had a jerry curl back then. It depends what what Michael's he told. Uh, yeah, he always had a jerry curl because he he with the Jackson Five he had an afro. Yeah, he always had the jerry jerry curl. It wasn't coarse. And that's and a then, lie. Yeah, we went from the jerry curl to having pressed perm hair. His hair looked got like it was like it was moving in the wind type shit. And you mean to tell me when he was when he was messing with you, his hair was hard like Brillo? Shut the fuck up! You lying? <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. When they were telling the story, it was so matter of fact, so matter of fact. Until it came to the part where it was talking about. Now, mind you, I do still have to look at the second part. I'm just going with the first part that I've seen. It was still the, the mother and the guy was so matter-of-fact. Um, it wasn't Wade Ropes. I forget the other guy's name. But they were so matter-of-fact saying this, that, this happened, that happened, this happened. And when it came to the sexual part, they, they, they wasn't such as matter-of-fact anymore. They, like, their whole tone, their energy changed when they started talking about that part. Um... I can't say I wasn't in that room with them. But I will say this. What, what it sounds like to me is that they were having this great time with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson got tired of them because around the time he started messing with them, so he was hanging around with Macaulay Culkin, some other little weird uh, little kid, um, Corey Selvin, and people like this. And these no other kids came out and said that Michael Jackson did anything, anything of the sort to them that these other two boys are claiming. My thing is is that they seen that they were getting looked over because one kid was upset that, oh, he's not my friend no more. 
and he's a friend to another kid who also was from Australia and around the same age. Like, why he don't love me no more and he's hanging out with this kid. So I think it was more hurt feelings because all of everything that happened could, is very, could very well be true. That Michael started digging uh, them, started going out with other people and forgetting about them because a lot of their careers got ruined because, he, because when they got out there, he wasn't really feeling them like that anymore. It started to dwindle down slowly but surely. And then after that, they concocted the story. I feel because they felt bamboozled. They were hurt that Michael did it to them because he was so much involved in their life. How are you just going to pull out on us like this and then now you with these other little kids? Like, you betrayed us. That's how Double I think. entendre. Double entendre. And then uh, something that Colton Feldman <laughs> said. Huh? What? You said pull out, so I said double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's what they was claiming. That's what they was claiming. They were claiming that he had He was a big star back in the day. He said everything that those kids are saying sounds exactly sounds exactly like my experience with Michael Jackson, just without the sex part, the butthole part. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! I don't want to talk about. I'm still saying it. I'm I'm about, about, I'm about, I heard it on the Breakfast Club. Envy was explaining all of it when he was talking to um, Charlemagne and me about um, the Oprah Winfrey. Um, part of it. First off, mm-hmm. I didn't see the documentary, so I'm I'm not gonna talk about documentary because I didn't see it. I'm not gonna act here and sit here as like I saw it. I didn't see it. I'm not. I probably will watch it eventually, but I wasn't rushing to see it because, like I said earlier, I don't want to see something where it's basically one sided. You could have talked to Michael Jackson's lawyers. You could talk to somebody. Somebody. You could have brought it up when he was alive. Yeah, yeah. Bring it up when he's alive. Talk about this when he's here. Don't do it now that he's gone. He can't defend himself. I think that shit is whack. And you can, you can compare the situations to, in the documentaries, Surviving R. Kelly and this Finding Neverland thing. But one thing you can't c- compare, there's videotape evidence of this nigga R. Kelly doing what he did to these girls. There's like 50 girls out here saying the same thing about him. Michael Jackson, yes, there's rumors. Yes, we all know Michael Jackson is weird. We all know that he does some weird stuff. And we all know he, he was doing stuff with kids that was wrong and messed up. They're sleeping with them in the bed. Which is weird and wrong. I get that. But there was no actual physical proof. There's nothing there. It's all just speculation. There's proof on one side and there's no proof on another. And so I'm not going to take this little documentary. I'm not going to take it with, with a grain of salt until I see, until I feel like they it actually works. do a documentary. They flip floppers. You can't yeah. trust the word with the damn flip flopper. They lied. They, and it's not like they lied once, they lied multiple times. I saw. A little portion of um of it on the Breakfast Club, they played it and they said that he lied multiple times and he said, "Oh, I lied because I was doing it for Michael Jackson's kids." That's a convenient excuse, but I'm just saying, if a person touches you multiple times, you go lie from him multiple times. How am I gonna take your word for it all the way? So I don't feel like watching that just yet. I'll watch it eventually, but I don't feel like watching it right now. One person I am mad about though is Oprah motherfucking Winfrey. I wish I had the Oprah for job where um Dave Chappelle was like, Oprah! Cause I need that. Yeah, find that one. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Oprah? Come up with your Oprah! Because what was what was she thinking? They could they could have found any random white woman to host this yes. panel. Why did you choose to pick this panel to be on? Yes. That's exactly my issue with Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, you are a black woman. You know it's hard enough for black people out here, especially a black man. You know it's hard, as hard as it is for us out here. And you're gonna let these people basically tear down this black man, this black legend, 
without him being here? Are you going to lend your name? It's getting old because it's only the black stars that's getting tore down when it's the, it's the, these white stars do the same, if not more, and, and nothing happens to them. They are left alone. You know what a panel Oprah Winfrey should hold? She should hold a panel for motherfucking Harvey Weinstein. Yep. Ask him why he was raping these women, using his money and privilege exactly. and power for, for wrong exactly. instead of good. But you, but you his best friend. I seen uh, a few pictures with them. They was real buddy buddy. Hugged up together, hugging up on him. Nigga, go tear this man down. Oprah wants to say that she did all this for all oh, sexual abuse needs to have a light shined on it. Like we need to have a serious conversation about it. So go have a conversation about someone who's alive. Go talk about Harvey Weinstein. This nigga's right there. His trial is about to come up. You have a perfect guy in Harvey Weinstein to go talk about, but you want to talk, you want to use your platform, your name, your brand to tear down a black person? Come on right now, Oprah. If you you want to tear down somebody that's dead, want to tear down Elvis motherfucking Presley, who married a 14-year-old girl, who was known to only mess with, with little girls because he used... His, his his power, money, and prestige to get these little girls and coerce them into having sex with him. He's a oh. pedophile too. Oh, by the way, this nigga R. Kelly is nasty too. He said the reason why he likes to go to McDonald's because the M stands for mom in his opinion. This nigga yeah. is nasty. <laughs> he just he's I don't know what's wrong with this man. He he thinks he's above the law. And say, uh... like I said, this this the way R. Kelly thought that way. Elvis Presley was thinking the same exact way. So yep. keep that same energy for Elvis like you got for R. Kelly, Michael, and whoever else. I'm so tired of them putting the black stars on blast and everything. Let's say if, if if they did something wrong, by all means, they need to, they need yeah. to it and be held accountable. But the same way you would hold them accountable and put them on front street, put these same white stars, these white people with the same power and prestige on blast too. So Woody Allen, right? He grooms, uh, he got, I think he like adopted a, his adoptive daughter, adoptive stepdaughter, something of the, of the like, where he was like eight years old. He was messing with her and married her when, before, I think before when she was 18. Nasty. Think, no, not word one is said about that. Nasty. So, Polanski, he got caught messing with a young underage girl and he wins the Oscar that same year. Nasty. So he goes to another country and he, everything's all good. Now he can't come back here. They come get his white ass. But still, I just, I just, I just like if they told stories of of these white people that God knows who they did that just hasn't come to light yet. That's that's it would be make it even. It shouldn't just be all of our great stars, like our great stars of from black culture who move the culture, not just black culture, but culture in America. Yep. Why, why are they on a stake and burnt at the stake for stuff in discretions that they have done? Granted, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. So a lot of stuff they did was wrong, but keep it even with those same, um, the same energy. Have to get them used to put that same fervor into these white people that that need to be held accountable as well. Keep that same energy. That's the bottom line. Keep the same energy. Same as you have for. Like, I get it. R. Kelly, he's nasty. I agree with the whole thing. Tear him down. Go ahead and tear him down. But Michael Jackson, especially having Oprah doing it, I don't agree with that. Oprah, you should know better than that. You should do better. If you're going to lend your brand and your name for something, why don't you do it against 
Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, all these other white people that have done other bad things. Do it against someone that's alive that, and that can defend themselves. Don't do it now. And R. Kelly, nigga, I don't know what is wrong with you, but I hope you get better lawyers. And I would demand that CBS shows that full interview because what they did to you Friday night was fucked up. I don't care. I'm not even saying that R. Kelly is, is innocent or anything like that. I just think it's fucked up not to show his full side of the story. And basically, during his side of the story, to show other people's side of the story. We got six parts of that Surviving R. Kelly series, and then we couldn't get 80 minutes, 80 minutes of this R. Kelly just speaking without being interrupted and having to hear from their side of it again. I'm just saying, I, I would rather see a special, you had this six part series, you give R. Kelly his 80 minutes. After those 80 minutes are up, you could have had another special at the end of it, speaking about everything you saw in the interview. And then I would have been like, you know what? That was done well. This whole thing wasn't done well. To me, it was tasteless because you gotta at least give him an opportunity to speak for himself, at least. But that's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just ridiculous. I just want, I just wanted to be fair. Like you said, yeah, keep the same energy for everybody. And their people need to be held accountable and put to task just like ours have been, it seems like, religiously um, from the beginning of time. That's all. Yep. Because we applaud uh, filmmakers who are rapists. Uh, we applaud the dancing music of people who are drug dealers or drug addicts. Um, all type of stuff. We, uh, shit, we design our lives around what the, the wisdom of of, of, of racism. It was built off racism. This whole country was built off racism. And we built our ideology and our social norms off of what they thought was right. So at, at some point, we have to make an a, adjustment and and not just be so quick to judge and and make a reasonable decision and and hold people accountable. Everybody accountable. Yeah. That's all. I agree. Well, someone needs to be held accountable, I think, finally, is Popeyes. I think Popeyes has been trying black people for way too long. You remember their little um, commercial with Jerry Rice? They talked about it on the shop, where Jerry Rice had the, the chicken wing in his helmet and it was spinning so he could eat it while he was on the field. Fucking yeah. ridiculous. And then, now they have this new design for Mardi Gras. They have a chicken box that you can hang around your neck with the Mardi Gras beads. Basically, you think <laughs> RJ, I shit you not. It's body grub beads and it's connected to a chicken box with a you get a nice, I think it's like a five piece tender, some french fries and a biscuit. Yo, I swear to god, I wanted to, I wanted to cry when I saw this all the, the other day. I was, it was the <laughs> I, I really hope no black people were out there on Mardi Gras this past chicken week. around the goddamn neck. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Chick, yo. And then the picture that they had, they had a black woman with the box, with the chicken box around her neck. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Like, yo, Popeyes is playing with us because they know who they marketing to. Every You can't even tell me they're not marketing to black people. They're not marketing just to black people. Because every time I turn on the Popeyes commercial, it's that same black ass lady telling us about the new recipe for chicken or new recipe for shrimp. It's always that same black lady trying to convince us to go eat some Popeyes. And now they want to have a chicken box with Mardi Gras beads around it? Come on, man. They got to make it more uh, convenient for, for us black people to eat no, it. No, no, no. You know how like, I, like, I, like Dave Chappelle says, look, when the white people watch us eating chicken, look at them. 
They love them. They love it. That's why I refuse to eat. One thing I will refuse to eat in public is watermelon. Ever. I don't even like watermelon, but you, you put these watermelon in front of me, I will never eat in front of white people ever in my life eat watermelon in front of white people. And I'm never walking around with a box of chicken around my neck. You have to, I don't know what you got to do to me. I'm never doing it. Even if someone's walking with me, if a black person's walking with me with a box of chicken around their neck, I, I can't do it. I'm going to have to walk on the other side of the street. A box of chicken on your neck? Come on, man. I really hope no one, no one was walking around with a box of chicken hanging around their neck from Mardi Gras. <sighs> Popeyes, man. Popeyes, Popeyes. Another topic that happened this week is Will Smith. There's a lot of things going on with him. He's not going to be in um, Suicide Squad. I didn't think that was a good movie anyway. It just Elba's going to take his spot because he's not going to be able to record the new movie. So that's not too bad for him. I thought it's a good look for just Elba. Will Smith, I didn't think Suicide Squad was a good movie anyway, so I didn't really care that he's not going to be in anymore. But a new movie that he's supposed to be doing, he's supposed to be playing Serena and Venus Williams' dad, Richard Smith, uh, Richard Williams, Richard Smith, Richard Williams, and um, the biopic about him. I don't know if it's about him or is it about the, the daughters. I think it's about him. But he's supposed to be playing Richard Williams, and people are mad about that because Will Smith is light, is he's not dark. I don't want to say he's not as dark as, but that's what it, that's what they're saying. He's not as dark as um Richard Williams, so people are mad about that. Richard Williams is obviously darker than Will Smith, so people are saying Will Smith shouldn't be playing him. They should have someone like Idris Elba playing him or someone else darker. People are racist as hell. But what do you think about that? Uh, people just want something to talk about. Uh, they've been doing this for 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 uh god knows how long why don't they keep, like i said keep that energy keep the energy for the white people playing cleopatra when she obviously was a black woman not a white woman that's what i'm saying like hey just people just want something to talk about now would it be better if they did get somebody that look resemble more to uh serena and venus's father sure why not um and get, get somebody else an opportunity um, but I don't. I don't think it's a, a, a big deal to make a whole to make him give up his spot because they ain't gonna pay his bills. I'm quite sure they want to pay this man twenty twenty five million dollars to play this role. So look, if I got to play a man that's lighter than me, oh so be it. Or darker, darker. than me, so be it. I want to hear his Jamaican accent. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear Will Smith try to give me a Jamaican accent the same way he tried to give that um, Ali accent. I would love to hear it. And he had, Af- he had an African accent too. He was playing the, the concussion doctor. And that was a terrible accent. Oh. Terrible. And also, and I'm, I'll ask you, I just asked you earlier, you don't think Will Smith is doing too much? In the recent no, I, I, now you said he's on, he's like, he's on like uh, Jada Pinkett show, uh, Red Table thing, Red, Red Table Talk or something yep. like that. I didn't know that. Um, I just thought he was like doing like inspirational stuff. Like oh, jumping out of planes and telling people how to do better and um how to strive for more and stuff like that. I didn't know he was on talk shows talking about Kim Kardashian and Tristan Tar- and Tristan Thomas and and Chloe and all that other foolishness that be going on in day to day reality life. That's and, he's do- and he's doing another um he's doing more of those little death defying stunts. He's gonna do a Facebook Watch series where he does a whole bunch of stuff on his bucket list. And he tries to cross them off. It's like a six-part series. You don't think he's doing too much? He's going to do Bad Boys 3. You don't think they're, they're too old to be doing Bad Boys? You saw that picture of them with Martin Lawrence? I've been, I didn't see a trailer, but I know we, we've been waiting for Bad Boys 3 for a long-ass time. So by all means, you need to get that done. 
They too old. Come on, man. You he imagine Will Smith running around still? Did you see Lethal Weapon? They was older than Lethal Weapon. And they was good. It was ridiculous too. But I like Lethal Weapon. I like Lethal Weapon too. But it still doesn't change the fact that I think Will Smith and Marlon Lawrence are too old to be playing Marcus and Mike Lowry anymore. They too old to be playing Mike Lowry and Marcus, man. Marlon Lawrence look bloated. Will Smith, he he's doing way too much. People don't see it, but I feel like he's doing way too much. The Fresh Prince wouldn't be doing all this stuff. I just feel like the Fresh Prince wouldn't be doing it. I think Will Smith is doing too much. I'm just saying, they did it in Lethal Weapon. They could play off the fact that they're older now. And get and get some like some new up and comer type person in there, like they did when they had Chris Rock and Lethal, Lethal Weapon Four. So I think it should be, I think it'll work fine. Mm, you could say you could hold out hope for that, but and also there's some um, new movie trailers that came out this week. Um, the new X Men movies coming out. It's supposed to be about the Dark Phoenix. It's gonna be about Jean Grey and how they're gonna basically gonna be fighting her the whole movie. She becomes the Phoenix and everything. That trailer looks good. I don't know when that's supposed to be coming out. And also Game of Thrones, that's my TV show. The girl that plays Sansa is the one that plays Jean Grey. And Game of Thrones trailer came out this week. It looks great. I honestly can't wait till the new Game of Thrones season starts. It's the final season, I'm sad about it. <sighs> but I am happy to get some new episodes because if I had to listen to one more rerun of the Game of Thrones that my mom plays, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. Damn, as much as she be playing, you ever regret putting someone onto a show damn make you just hate the show after a while i mean game of thrones is still good but she be playing that shit all day long for like the past three months i've seen every episode at least seven times because of this woman ridiculous yeah, i haven't i haven't watched game of thrones i heard it's a good show but huh, each their own i guess <laughs> but yeah that's gonna look at the x-men movie though oh uh, yeah i'm gonna look at it always like x-men is my shit it looks pretty good from the previews the Dark Phoenix Rises, and that's been the storyline from when I was a little kid, so they finally got it on camera, so that's what's up. I'll probably, I don't know if I go to the movies to go see it, it I might, or it might be a, a five-stick movie, um, <laughs> possibly, um, but I, I definitely will see it, though. You saw that movie, um, what's that What's that movie that just came out? Shazam? I think Shazam is the, I don't know. That shit looks oh. corny. You said a good word, corny. And truth be told, it's uh, a Captain Marvel. First, I always thought Captain Marvel was a man, and then I see he the was. Comic, Captain Marvel was a woman, but the woman was a black woman, in the, in the comics. So I guess it, I, I don't really care to see that movie either. But um, Captain Marvel was a black woman. I didn't know that. I thought it was a dude. For the videos I played, it was it was a man. I didn't know it was a I woman. Always, I always it was a man, but I did see a comic with her. And it was a it was as a woman and it was a, a black woman. Oh, come on, Marvel, you should have left it black. You know, you know how much money it would have made if it would have left it as a black woman? Off off the uh, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Off Black Panther and Wonder Woman. It could have been a Black Panther slash Wonder Woman type thing. It would have made a it would have damn it made a billion dollars with that movie. And it would have came out during this month too, Woman History Month. By the way, it is Woman History Month, so give a shout out to that. All the lovely ladies out there in the world. Yes, yes. Big ups to the women out there. You are much appreciated. And hopefully your month goes better than Black History Month did. You get to see more appreciation of women. And we get to see that celebrated all month. And how great and wonderful women are. And thank you for listening. It's been an eventful week. Whether it was LeBron James and Lakers whole drama. 
the Houston Rockets and seeing how they're starting to get things all together. NFL free agency, baseball's back. And we can't forget all the drama that was going on outside of the sports world with R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, and those documentaries, Wendy Williams, Popeyes trying to try black people. It was fun. It was an eventful week. Thank you, Andre, for joining me for another week. No problem, man. Last but certainly not least, I want to thank you, the listener, for, you know, listening. I appreciate it. If you want to send me some feedback, tell me what you thought of the episode. Tell me what you thought about some of the topics. Have a conversation about some of the topics. Hit me up on my social media, Instagram, Twitter, superjunior underscore 93. Hit the follow button. And so we can have more conversations about these topics and more. I don't know about you, but I can't wait till next week so we can talk about all the big stories. But until then. Hey, y'all. Peace. Yes, Lord. It's the shit I want to go out to. Yeah. Yeah. It's the shit I want to go out to.